0: everyone this is episode number 138 of the classic gaming podcast today's date is december 16th 2019 i'm robert ring and with me is jay totaru
1: ho 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 mother- uh you scared the crap out of me you, you get louder every time i swear to god I, I was even bracing for it i always brace for him like i know he's gonna do it i was like one here it comes here, it comes, here it comes and <laughs> then you're just like ah! yeah you're freaking get me good
0: well that's what i do Uh, we apologize for being so late on this one, uh, Jay got sick, then I got sick, yeah, we both just, it's been, we were supposed to record two weeks ago, (laughs) we were gonna do, uh, one then, and one, obviously one, uh, well, we were gonna do one two weeks ago, and then we were gonna do one, probably right around now, actually.
1: Yeah, Uh, I think it was the 18th is what we were talking about doing Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, to wrap up the year, and then Mm -hmm. since all that shit went down, we just decided... We're gonna this this is gonna be a, this will be our last episode of the year. We're gonna do kind of a longer than usual uh, mega. Longer episode. than usual for
1: us, I love it. <laughs> yeah, so strap We're already in. pushing it. It's like oh yeah, let's just do it a little. Let's little just do
0: bit. a little longer. Um, so hopefully it'll give you something to listen to while you're driving cross country visiting your parents. Oh, don't remind everybody they have to go see their families. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, uh, and then we'll be back at the beginning of the year. But this is going to be a good episode, I think. We're also, along with our all the stuff that we had planned on our top five in our games and all that, um, we, we do have Game of the Quarter to talk about. Yes, we do. And then we're also going to do our end-of-the-year top fives, which are our uh, the top five worst games we played for the podcast this year, the top five best that we had played before, uh, the best th- that we played this year that we had played before, and then the top five best that we played for the podcast this year that we had never played before. Yep. So you want to dilly dally for a few minutes before we get started, or or what? Sure.
1: We got a couple things. Obviously, you and I were both sick the last two weeks, which sucks. So yeah, sorry for the delay um, getting the next episode up. But we also uh, met up what two, three weeks ago.
0: Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, Robert came out three to weeks. whenever Arizona. Thanksgiving is. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it was, that's right. It was the, the weekend after Thanksgiving or the Friday uh, after Thanksgiving. Um, you're out here visiting your family for Thanksgiving. So we uh, ended up getting together, played some board games, hung out for a while, um, which is always just a blast and a, a lot of a lot of fun. So excited to do a little bit more of an extended visit, hopefully at some point. But...
0: Let's let's shoot for February.
1: Okay. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to yep. be in Atlanta in February. 10th through the 14th. I, I mean, any time other than that weekend, I guess. But I'll be traveling to Atlanta from the 10th to the 14th. So that's for work. Yeah.
0: Oh shit. Okay. That out last week. Yeah. Let's. We'll talk about that later. Then. But yeah, we'll we'll figure out some. Yeah, I was playing, I was hoping to stay a little bit longer, but um, we didn't really know, you know, what what your schedule is going to be like yeah. with the holiday week and all that. So we just made a night of it. We played uh Scythe. Yep. And...
1: Which I just played again tonight. Which is such a fun board game. <laughs> if you haven't played it, if you like PvP games, if you like Catan. Yeah. I didn't
0: Very get a chance. Game. I didn't get a chance to beat you in any fighting games this time.
1: Oh god, that would have been a slaughter! Are you kidding me? You should have played Hunter. Hunter's really good at fighting games. Fighting oh, is game. he really? Yeah, he plays a lot of Smash.
0: Uh, I suck at Super Smash Brothers. I
1: think he plays a few others, but I think primarily. Oh, he plays DBC Fighter as
0: well. Oh, that's supposed. i have never played that. I, I would like to. It's really fun to really game. I think game. I,
1: I think I bought it actually. It's really fun. <laughs> it was one of those uh, <laughs> impulse buys. You
0: think you maybe bought it, but you, have you but you've never played it.
1: Uh, I played a little bit of it. I would say. I don't okay. think I did though. Maybe I, I don't know. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. All right.
0: Know. Well, uh, we got some news. There's a little bit of uh, non-classic gaming news to talk about. We'll get to that in a second. But classic gaming-wise, um, Shenmue. Th- well, I guess this is I don't know if this counts, but Shenmue Three came out. <laughs> uh, oh, no. how do you feel about that? Nervous, nervous. Yeah. Why are you nervous about it? I
1: mean, the first one is such a meme. I'm curious to see if it's actually a good game or another meme. What
0: I've heard is it's basically exactly what you would expect. It's just another (laughs) Shenmue game. Okay. Uh, What I've seen, it looks pretty bad because it's just it's just like still just walking around talking to people. (laughs) It's (laughs) like they never. It's like that's just what the vision of the Shenmue series is. Apparently, Um, the people who Really like the first one. It seems like they're kind of enjoying the second one, just because I don't for I don't know why, but uh, but there's there's no like surprise from what I've seen and heard. There's no real surprises. It's just more of the same, pretty much. <laughs> okay, so I mean, um, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. Um, new uh NES and SNES games for Switch Online. Okay. Uh, subscribers have come out. Those are... I'm pulling it up right now because I forgot to have it up How already. How dare you. Come on. Here we go. Uh, for NES, Journey to Silius and Crystallis. I don't know much about either of those. I have heard Crystallis is pretty good. Um, but obviously it's not like very well known or anything like that. And for the Super Nintendo Switch Online, uh, I got some good ones. Star Fox 2 wow super punch out kirby okay. superstar and breath of fire 2
1: i almost never want to play super punch out i usually just want to watch people play because I, I played it so much as, uh, as like a young adult oh, and even you? a kid yeah and it's like it's one of those games where you, once you get the patterns down you generally know what you're doing because it's, it's a pattern-based game right so like yeah. when you're playing it all it is is just getting into that repetition and if you're not you can't play it casually i guess is what i'm what i'm trying to get at. you can't just like yeah i'm gonna beat this game it's like now nah, you gotta learn the patterns and Blah 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 blah, yeah.
0: Um, notable, Yarr. probably the most notable one is Star Fox Two, which, if you remember, that never was officially released. When they came out with the Super Nintendo Classic, uh, they put that on there, and that was the first time it ever came out. They they made the game like eighty or ninety percent, and then never ended up uh, releasing it. And so that was on the Super Nintendo Classic, and now it's on Switch Online. So that's that's notable. Are you a bit? Are you a Breath of Fire fan?
1: Um, a little bit. I don't like follow too much, but I you know.
0: I'll I've never I've never played any of them, so that's not something that super excites you then, the Breath of Faith. No, Fall? I
1: mean not necessarily. I haven't played I haven't played one in a minute, so
0: Okay.
1: I mean it's nice to hear that the franchise is still going if it's still going.
0: Well this is I mean a Super Nintendo release. So. Oh yeah,
1: because it's re released good call. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um the PS4, Switch, and Xbox One Doom and Doom Two ports are getting some uh, of are getting some of the Doom expansions. They are getting Final Doom, which is I think a Doom Two mod, and and uh, Sigil, which is the Doom One mod that came out early this year that was made by John Romero. I, I talked about it on Oh yeah, one episode. Uh, I don't remember obviously which number but one of the episodes at the beginning of this year and it's really good. And so uh if you have those I recommend uh giving Sigil a shot because um it's really fun. Uh a new Half-Life game was announced. I saw that. I I like the first when I when I first saw
1: it announced, I thought it was a joke like because people were posting like <laughs> meme format. I'm like god, this joke is so old and then like over the comments like people were like no, it's legit coming out.
0: Yeah. What? The last Half Life game was episode two, which I think was two thousand seven. Obviously, um, so it's so there was Half-Life, then Half Life Two, then there was like Half Life Two episode two or something like that. I don't remember how it goes. The last one was Half Life Two Episode Two, I believe. And like I said, I think that was around two thousand seven, and obviously, if you know anything about video games, like that's the big joke is people want like Half Life three to come out because the second one, like, didn't you know, left on a definite cliffhanger. And people love the Half-Life series, so uh, of course. you know everybody wants Half, you know Half-Life Three. So since it's been so long in between Half-Life games, this is kind of a kind of a big deal if you're a Half-Life fan. Uh, it is only it's it's a it's a VR only game. However, so that there's kind of a uh, little nuance. Hmm. It's kind of a uh, what am I? What's the name? What's the word I'm looking for? Caveat. Ah. There it is. I have a good vocabulary. Yeah, that's kind of a big
1: caveat though. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh anyway, that's kinda what do you how are you on the Half Life series?
1: Uh, I really enjoyed them as a kid. I played a lot of in house PvP type stuff with Half-Life, and then I obviously played through the campaigns of the first one, and I think I finished the second one, or at least played it. Uh, I really enjoyed playing Half Life One. I thought it was such a fun game. It was really mm-hmm. terrifying for me as a kid too. But I, I really enjoyed the, the, the kind of brutal difficulty of it, even though it was just a lot of quick saving and loading. And you
0: know, all <laughs> yep that jazz, I definitely remember that.
1: Yeah, so you, I'm, I'll definitely give it a shot if it's if it gets good reception.
0: I'm I am a so you're not like a you're not dying for Half Life Three, but you would like
1: uh, it. No, I'm excited. I mean, like I'm happy that they're finally doing it. Uh, well, this
0: isn't Half Life Three.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. It's, it's,
0: it's called Half Life. Uh, I mean, it is the next part of the story, but it's, it doesn't sound like it's going to be you know the one that wraps it up or anything. It's Half Life Alex, is what. Did it's they called.
1: explain why they're planning to do it through VR? Are they anticipating new think, games to be? I think they just wanted. VR, it, it sounded
0: to me like they just wanted to do a VR game. Wow, um, it's I mean, coming if out, It's done well. Yeah, I, I mean, I would expect it to be. They've they've done a good job with Half Life games. I'm I liked. The Half-Life games, uh, but I just don't love them as much as a lot of people do. So for me, it's like I don't really care anymore if Half-Life Three comes out, wow. honestly. Um, but anyway, this comes out in March. So uh, oh, that's, that's
1: for, wait, March of this upcoming year?
0: Yeah, twenty twenty. Oh wow! Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty soon. And that then makes more
1: nervous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then a few notable uh, non-classic things. The Game Awards happened.
1: Oh yeah! Oh man, is there even another? Yeah,
0: that's insane. Did you watch it?
1: No. You're, you're you're talking. Are you talking about the Hall of Fame stuff or video? Or no, different?
0: no, 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 no. The game. Of oh, okay. you know, like the video. No, no. The um. The
1: stuff that was on Spike at one time, right? Is that the one we're talking
0: uh, about? Yeah. Well, it's not the same thing, but uh, yes, you're thinking of you're thinking of the right thing, but but it's not. Yeah. It don't have any affiliation with Spike or or any. Yeah,
1: no, I didn't hear anything thing. about it either. That's kind of interesting.
0: Uh, Jeff Keeley. Uh, this is his big you, you 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 know what i'm talking about right like this is the bit this is like the only game awards show that there is now
1: i don't actually pay attention to most of them so okay it's
0: it's the one where i don't know really how do you remember the one year they had chic man <laughs> like oh this, yeah yeah okay yeah I remember
2: that
0: so this year i i watched some of it i didn't watch all of it they did a pretty good job of not having, like, super cringy ads like they have yeah. in the past, like with Shickman for instance. Um, so I think, again, I didn't watch all of it. I probably saw 30% of it, and it was pretty well put together from what from what I saw. Good. Uh, I'll just really quick run through the, uh, the winners of each category. Sound good? Okay. All right. VR slash AR game uh, beat Saber.
1: Yeah, that game is so fun.
0: Oh, is it? I've never... I don't oh, really know it's so anything fun. About It's this. such a
1: workout. Yeah, it's insane. It, it's really fun. I played it at my buddy's house. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a good game. It's well done.
0: Strategy game. Fire Emblem Three Houses. Sounds like it probably deserves it. I haven't played it, but... Um, Wait. That's, that's the one that
1: came up for Switch, right? Yes. Yeah, that game... Hunter's on his fourth playthrough, his final playthrough. He's been <laughs> hundreds of hours through it. So is Lisa.
0: Um, I... I asked for either that i i I asked my um i'm possibly getting that for christmas i told my wife to have my daughter pick either that or xenoblade chronicles x Hmm.
1: that's gonna be a fun one for you
0: uh sports racing game sports slash racing game crash team racing nitro fueled wow really yeah it Hmm. doesn't look it looks like the that category was just a little bit weak overall this year Uh, Although I did hear that the F1 game was supposed to be really surprisingly good. Yeah, you mentioned that. You
1: mentioned that, actually, yeah.
0: Score and music. Death Stranding. Role-playing game. Disco Elysium.
1: Excuse me?
0: Yep, it beat uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 14. How's that on here?
1: They probably did an expansion.
0: Oh, so, okay, yeah, they did. I know they did. Okay, that's why. I didn't know that expansions counted as... You get to the yeah, back yeah, in. Yeah. okay. Anyway, uh, performance: Mads Mickelson in *Death Stranding*. Uh, best ongoing game: Fortnite. Uh, yeah. And best narrative, huh?
1: I was just saying that's that's doesn't, pretty accurate. does Yeah, I mean, both those companies put a lot of money into what their product. They listen to their fan base. Did a pretty good job. Yep. Yeah. Like Ten billion dollars or eight billion dollars off of Fortnite alone last
0: year. The nominees in Ongoing Game were uh, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fortnite, Final Fantasy XIV, and uh, Rainbow Six Siege. So
1: I'm very surprised the League of Legends isn't on there. That's insane. They had a big year. Yeah, that's
0: kind of weird. Uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Final uh, Fantasy XIV is apparently doing incredibly well, too, though. Yeah, reading. that's what
0: I hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, narrative. Disco Elysium. What is
1: this? i got to Google this. Oh, you
0: haven't heard of this? It's supposed to be a pretty cool no. game. It's it's uh, I don't know how to describe it. You just have to check it out. Best multiplayer game, uh, Apex Legends. Best mobile game, Call of Duty Mobile.
1: Oh, God, I can't believe mobile. Sorry. Mobile
0: is such a (laughs) shit game. Best indie game, Disco Elysium. Games for Impact, Grease. Game Direction, Death Stranding. Fresh indie game, recognizing a... Oh, this is presented by Subway, by the way. Uh, recognizing a Next. new independent studio that released its fir- first game in 2019, uh, Disco Elysium. <laughs> Jesus. Fighting game, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Kind of hard to beat that one. Uh, best family game, Luigi's Mansion 3.
1: Very fun game, by the way.
0: I, that's what I've heard. Every uh, single yeah. every single game in this category, every single nominee in this category is a Nintendo game.
1: Yeah, good for them. Deserve yeah. it. They've yeah, they've done a great job.
0: Esports team, who do you think is the? Is, you keep up. This is a little bit better than I do.
1: Um, that's tough. I know CSGO is becoming really big. I don't know. I would. I don't know how they would do the determination for it. It's either it should be like a Korean or Chinese team, but it's probably I'm gonna guess a European team. I just don't know which one. It's
0: G2 Esports, yep. European team. European yeah. team. Okay. Um, yeah. best esports player any guesses
1: um, considering the best esports team is G2 it's probably their mid laner bot lane but it should probably be mid laner from the team that won I can't think of his name
0: though uh, no it's a fortnite player Kyle Buga Gearsdorf let's see what it is uh, I'll keep going while you're looking that up best esports host
1: oh this is the guy that won the 3 million dollar tournament
0: Hell yeah. Okay.
1: He's 16 years old now. Anyway, sorry,
0: Esports host, uh, Eve J. Jocks. Jocks. Jocks? Yeah. Shocks.
1: She's a lead commentator. Oh, okay. She's very good. She is like. I think insane. she won this before. Yeah. She, she does. I mean, she does an incredible job. She hosts cool. really well. She intros people well. She interviews well. And she can do um like really, really deep com- commentary outside games. Like when they do like post game analysis and stuff like that, she actually has good contributions. It's really impressive.
0: Have we ever talked uh, on the podcast about that girl that they had in the NASL tournament interviewing people, like, in between matches?
1: Oh, wait, the one that that stunned Cameron?
0: No, uh, I don't... No, no, no. I don't think it was her. Uh, This girl, they, they... so, the NASL was a StarCraft II league that lasted, I think, two seasons, and it just was not good. Like, the production was just bad.
1: Dude, it got weird towards the end. They started doing, like, <laughs> yoga with porn stars. No, no joke. They were doing, like, yoga <laughs> with porn stars.
0: <laughs> I kind of do... I don't remember that specifically, but I remember them doing, like, real... Just, like, uh, really just, like, off-the-wall things just yeah. to try to, like... Just get to get, get attention. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, like, w- at the end of their first season, they had... It was, like, uh, tournament style. They had, like, the, the grand final tournament uh you know at a location you were watching it it was it was kind of cool because they like structured the the season where it goes throughout you know over a few months then at the end they got everybody together for this final tournament and like they had this girl uh to interview people just like in the crowd and stuff well i think she was interviewing players and also like during breaks she would walk around and interview the crowd and they had her on camera but like and this is not her fault at all they had her like asking really specific questions But, like, she has no idea what's going on. They just hired her to do a job. And, like, she's doing her best, but, like, she doesn't know what to ask people. So she's just, like, trying to use, like, the language that she's picked up just while she was there. and she asked somebody how they liked the zvg match <laughs> oh
1: yeah
0: <laughs> which is uh it's zv that would mean zerg versus whatever g starts with but there's not a race that starts with g she must have like heard somebody say zvt or something like that and uh oh the whole it's thing completely
1: understandable
0: yeah the whole thing was just as a, i felt really sorry for her cuz she was she was doing a good job you know all things considered they just did not hi- hire the right person for the job
1: yeah, and that was early on in esports too. Like when esports was starting to really become big in North America. So yeah. we were we went through some growth pains and made some really poor decisions.
2: <laughs> you
1: remember when you're that? Just... Oh my God, there, there was a rich guy who he basically paid his way to get his son to do commentating and interviewing. I don't want to say his name, but um, he I think his dad, I think his dad worked for MLG or he was like a major sponsor of MLG or investor or something. And I just remember watching event after event of him being there. And it was the most awkward interviews ever. Like, can you type, so inappropriate.
0: In, type in our chat who it was? Uh, I, don't know who was. Um, I
1: actually don't remember his name. Like, okay, I can remember okay. his okay. face. If I remember it all, I'll send it <laughs> to you. But I just remember watching his interviews and just being so uncomfortable because he thought he had like these really, really healthy relationships with different players, especially players who were Korean. So he would say things to them and they would just look at him like dead <laughs> face. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about?
0: Yeah. Do you yeah. remember the NASL cameraman? <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) The NASO cameraman became a meme because he was so bad. Whoever was doing the camera. Particularly on this one event, this one big one, like, they would be showing it and everything's just fuzzy. And then, like, he would zoom in on on the announcer's knees while they're, like, announcing the next, like, you know, introducing the next people. And then, like he would just like pan off to the right at a wall. And then he would like try adjusting the camera and like zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out over and over and over again for 30 seconds straight.
1: Yeah, we thought it was a <laughs> meme, but it wasn't.
0: <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, okay, back to Game Awards. Esports game of the year. What do you think?
1: It's oh, it's got to be Fortnite at this point. League. Sounds like. Oh, they gave it to League. Wow. Yeah. See, like That doesn't make sense. They're not consistent then because the earlier award you talked about was best ongoing game? I feel like those two games are probably in the same. Anyways, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know either.
1: That doesn't make sense.
0: Um esports event League World Championship. Esports coach, Any guesses
1: Oh, it's got to be uh what's his name? What's his name? Um Koma. I'm
0: going to guess. Uh Koma. Oh no, he's a, he was a nominee though. Uh Danny Zonic Sorensen for Astral uh, Astralis CS:GO.
1: Oh CS:GO, yeah, CS:GO Con- is so big.
0: Content Creator of the Year, Shroud. Do you know who that is? Yeah,
1: yeah. he's a. Uh, is he, he good? Is he played uh, CS:GO professionally. He plays on. He streams on Mixer now. He was like the second largest streamer on Twitch that went over to Mixer.
0: Oh wow, okay. Uh, commu- uh, game with best community support, and this is one that also confuses me. I don't know the difference between this and like best ongoing game. It seems like that would be.
1: Yeah right. I, <laughs> I have no idea. Basically the same
0: going. thing. Uh, The nominees are more or less the same. It's Apex Legends, Final Fantasy XIV, Destiny 2, Fortnite, and Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, Destiny 2. Destiny 2 won this. What? Yeah, but that's... Okay, I'm glad you're as confused as I am, because I I haven't been keeping up with this lately, but all I remember ever hearing is how disappointed people are with the Destiny 2 support, right?
1: Yeah. Well, early on, they did a lot of fixing on it, but it's... I don't know. I feel like that is... So that's really interesting, too, because Destiny uh, is separated from Activision now. It's part of Bungie. So, Oh, right. Doing, yeah. yeah, so maybe that's what people are referencing, but that, that's all kind of hypothetical because I don't think they've really done much yet. They announced they're going to release like Destiny 1 for free, I believe, or like at a reduced cost. Okay. And they've talked about some of the stuff they want to do. So maybe people are just doing anticipation. I don't know. These awards are so fucking abstract, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't right. know why i have been trying to...
0: Yeah, okay. Best audio design, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, best art Wait, direction.
1: What? Think about that. What? Gunshots and explosions. Well, but I can see that, though, because... I don't want to understand it, though. Like, that doesn't make sense. That
0: doesn't necessarily just mean sound effects. That also means, like, the way sound is incorporated into the game to make it to, like, as... to, like, help you understand what's going on. So, like, the way things... Directional and stuff? Yeah, dire- exactly. Directional and the way volume is on, on things, whether they're closer or far away, like, just any sort of way the audio is designed to improve the experience i can i haven't played this so i can't speak to I, it personally but i it's would be very surprised more than just if, explosions and gunshots
1: well my thought would be if if call of duty got it right on release as opposed to all of these apex legends uh you've got Fortnite, which both have been out for an extended period of time especially Fortnite, you would think that they would probably have better sound quality you know what i mean like it just it's mm-hmm. surprising me i don't know. i guess i would have to look at the category to understand it.
0: uh art direction control action adventure game Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, oh, yeah. action, action game Devil May Cry Five. <laughs> um, where we go? Game of the Year, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice.
1: Wow, really? Game of the Year overall.
0: It the nominees were Control, Death Stranding, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. What? Didn't Resident Death Stranding
1: Evil? have like really mixed reviews?
0: Uh, yes. Resident so Evil. So why the
1: hell would that be Game of the Year? Well,
0: it. My understanding, and I've started playing this, but I'm only about five hours in. Uh, yes, it had very mixed reviews, but it was also not mixed in the sense that oh, everybody's so so. It was like truly mixed, where like some yeah, people was are like, like this is awesome, other yeah. people are like uh, this fucking sucks. So I, I can't blame. I, I think that's fair to put a game on that like was divisive in that way. If it had people who really, really, oh. genuinely liked it.
1: I would think you would want something that's like most people like it and some really like it or something. You know what I mean? Well, that's probably why it didn't win. I guess. I'm just surprised it's the nominee. I guess. Anyways. Anyway,
0: that's it. The the nominees were uh, Death Stranding, Sekiro, what did I say? Control, Resident Evil 2, Super Smash Brothers, Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds.
1: Outer Worlds has gotten really good reviews from what I've read.
0: Are you going to play the... You love Fallout, so are you going to play this eventually? I mean, I know it's not Fallout, but it's basically fallout right
1: um possibly we'll see I, I really like fallout i really like one of the fallouts i'm trying to realize like i love vegas. new vegas i hate New vegas <laughs>
0: yeah that's the one you always talk about loving so much so fun all right com- know, maybe a couple more quick uh non classic things um during the game awards the new xbox was announced oh yeah awesome. okay they announced it as the xbox series x now I mean. first yes, thank you. First off that. Second, the Xbox has a very peculiar naming uh history. So it started off with Xbox, then was Xbox yep. 360, then it was Xbox One. Then this thing said Xbox Series X. However, that's not actually what it is. Um there there is an article on Business Insider that was posted Ten hours ago as I have this pulled up. And it says Um th- a Microsoft representative told Business Insider the name we're carrying forward to the next generation is simply Xbox. Are they and at- stoned? Like and- what? <laughs> and at the game awards you saw that name come to life through the Xbox Series X. Whatever that means.
1: Yeah, I'm going to hold my breath on this
0: one. (laughs) Apparently, it's just called Xbox. And um, this version, I guess, is the Xbox Series X.
1: Do they not realize the names, at least to me, do not mean shit? Like, it really doesn't. What the fuck? Why can't...
0: (laughs) Like, okay, they did this in the actual most confusing way possible. I can understand... First of all, I my I far prefer just the PlayStation route. 1 2 3 4 5 keep on going. But I can understand you don't want to just put a number. I can understand putting a name, you know, calling it Xbox this or that. But just to call it Xbox when you already ha- confused the shit out of people by saying Xbox 1
1: for the third one.
0: For the third fucking Xbox. <laughs> you're now you're just going to call it Xbox? So now people can't. Call Xbox
1: Seven Twenty. Let's just get it on there.
0: Now we can't even differentiate. You could say, you know, oh, I don't. You could say I have an Xbox, and people might say, oh, you're actually talking about the original one, and not just and not Xbox One. Now you can't even say that. Yeah. Now you can't even say that. You can't say, oh, I have the Xbox. That means two different things now.
1: Duh.
0: This is uh, that's moronic. They are smoking crack.
1: Yep. But they probably did a bunch of research and polled a bunch of people, and a bunch of people were like,
0: yeah! It's funny, um, listening, like, reading, there's a thread on Reddit about this, and of course, like, there are plenty of people, I guess, probably, I I mean, I can't, I don't know for sure, but probably Xbox fans defending how this really isn't that bad of a naming convention. (laughs) Like... Of course, right? Yeah, um how is this anything but terrible? I wanted to read somebody's, um, uh, somebody had a comment on here. I'm trying to find it. It was like them explaining why it wasn't confusing. And their comment was just equally as confusing as the naming convention. Um, But I'm not seeing it here and I and we we got a lot of stuff to talk about, so I'm just gonna move on. But yeah, it is uh it is so fucking dumb.
1: And it is pretty moronic,
0: honestly. <laughs> okay. Um and one other thing where'd it go? Oh. I have something afterwards too. Okay, know. okay. Back to Fallout seventy six. Oh no. <laughs> Uh here is uh, Reddit here's the title of this Reddit thread. You ready? Okay. Newest Fallout 76 patch breaks legendary armor effects after reloading a weapon, breaking almost every single end game build. Jesus. <laughs> so uh yeah, apparently there's a new bug that breaks end game armor. Not only that, but <laughs> the end game armor or the end game armor is the is the biggest piece of shit armor looking armor that i have ever seen in a video game turn this look at this video and just go 1 second into the game and look at that fucking look at this fucking armor what <laughs> it's just like it's it like it awesome looks like football pads with branches glued to it <laughs>
1: that is insane like what that's a never-ending meme. It's a crazy. This is
0: legendary armor.
1: <laughs> That's actually impressive. I like it though. Holy <laughs> shit!
0: It is the worst armor I've ever seen in a video game. Okay, it's what, definitely up there for me. What do you have? That would be a good top five. Although I don't think I, I just don't think I'd be able to come up with anything worst, ar- worst-looking armor in video games.
1: Yeah. That's a that's a pretty good one. I think we've done something along that lines, but I think that'd be a that'd
0: be a hard that'd be a hard one. Okay, um, what, what did you have for us? So I just want to remind you. So I, have
1: you watched any more Castlevania?
0: No, I'm not watching more Castlevania.
1: So we finished it. It is really so. There's two seasons out. Um, just because at least it's kind of related. Um, it is really good. It's a very enjoyable show for anybody who really likes Castlevania or likes that kind of adaptation. I generally don't like things that are better adaptations from games like that because obviously they usually end up being memes and just not a good thing. But right. it's, it's a really solid show. It's like it's a great show, and then it's you have to take into consideration that it's animated. It's not your typical kind of anime, so um, it, was, it was very enjoyable. And then I think the next season comes out early next year as well, so I'm very excited for that.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, you told me it was awesome, so I'm gonna have to go back and, uh, and check it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I did. Yeah, I watched the first episode when it came out. I just hadn't seen anything since then. All right, um, do, do, do. you ready to talk about video games? Yeah, sure. All right, all right, Jay. Um, it's game of the quarter day. This is your game of the quarter, so I'm gonna let you choose whether we do that <coughs> first or last or however you want to do it.
1: Um, what did we do last time? Let's do the opposite of what we did last. I time. I believe we
0: time. did it last
1: last time so first this time yeah i think you're right i think that sounds right and i would love to go first to talk about as well go
0: for it so we played rogue which came out in 1980 this is the as you can probably guess the original roguelike the game that uh more or less spawned the genre it came out for uh, like unix systems and dos and things like amiga and all that kind of stuff and uh, so, Jay, this was your—you—you ch- you ch- you wanted to play a rogue, uh, a rogue, a classic roguelike game. You told me to give you some ideas, and uh, this is the one that you went with. So, why don't you? So, so start us off.
1: Sure. So, the, to start, when we we first talked about this, and when you sent me all the information, because Robert not only sent me a link to the game, which is online and free. Uh, but he also sent me some manuals that you kind of need or you you definitely need uh, to play the game. And I was a little bit intimidated at first. I was like a little bit nervous. I was like, what did I get get myself into? Like, is this going to be a a massive investment to try and and get a strong enough understanding to where I can actually play it and then I'm not going to like it type situation. But surprisingly, it didn't take me long to get into it. Um, It's the the basic controls are are kind of understandable. Like you you basically understand, like just generally, the, the outline that you have is, in terms of like how you move and interact with things, it's pretty obvious. Um, but there obviously is the manual there for a reason. The manual gives you a variety of different things on how to um, drink potions, how to use scrolls, how to go up and down floors, um, how to search walls for hidden pathways and extra doors and stuff. So once I started picking up pieces of that, it started to get a little bit more stressful. But I had uh, had a very interesting time with it. So just to give people a general idea of what this is like. So you are just a blip um, in a very – it's very what, what, – it's called ASCII graphics, right? Yes. Is that the terminology? Yeah. So very very simple graphics. Um, you know you can move around with the arrow keys. So as soon as you start moving the arrow keys, you generally understand what you are. It's a top so you- down.
0: It's a top down view of what's going on.
1: True. That's a that's a good thing to put in place as well. Um, and so you basically it's it's a roguelike, right? It's it's the original roguelike. So you are spawned in a dungeon and you don't know where anything is so you are moving around you're obviously trying to explore rooms um, there are monsters you can interact with and the monsters are just letters so that's how you understand and then you can go to the the strategy guide or the wiki and you can reference that letter whether it's capital or lowercase determines if it's x monster versus y monster and then you can get an understanding of if you should engage with that monster based on what the wiki says because if the monster is severely higher level than you uh, you could just get absolutely decimated so you're going back and forth with the wiki in the game um, early on i went very slow i was kept moving one step at a time because similar to a lot of roguelikes that i've played every time that you move everything on the map moves as well or at least my assumption is because i, I got that feeling based on when you get like when you activate traps and stuff
0: yeah that's it uh, it's, it's, it's turn-based so as long yeah. as you're sitting still nothing happens it waits for you to move and then everything else moves
1: yeah and so as you're moving around there's a variety of different things that can happen you can find items you can find gold you could hit traps, you could find doors, you could fight monsters. And then the items you get, similar to a lot of roguelikes that I've played, all the items are unidentified. They have some gibberish written in them. And for armor and weapons, if you equip them, and generally so far my experience was a lot of things were cursed. Uh, when you equip it, it's a cursed item, so it sticks to you, you can't take it off. And on top of that, it has negative stats, so it, it weakens you for where So armor, generally, and and weapons, after a couple of times getting cursed items, I just stopped equipping stuff until I had scrolls of identification. Um, But essentially, when you you pick up the scrolls, um, you don't know what they are, right? So you basically read the scroll, and then it's just a risk that you're taking of what could happen. Things can happen where it's like you can identify an item, to you can cast spells. To my favorite, something is now following you. That was, uh, it was something like, like something. Oh, really? I don't
0: think I got that one.
1: (laughs) Uh, I I got a few of those. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, it was like something appears in the mist that is following you.
0: Oh, shit. I was like, what?
1: So I immediately ran. I I assumed it was like death or something. So I tried to find a staircase to go down to the next level. Um, But my favorite thing is like, every time you pick things up, you can name it. So that anytime it appears from then on, you can reference it based on that name. So you can basically build up a catalog of different items you've acquired. So you can more or less determine what things are. Um now that sounds like a very, very complex game, but we're talking about very, very simple graphics. And essentially you you're using the majority of your keyboard in, in all seriousness. You're using your shift key plus there to be a modifier for your letter keys for capitals because capitals versus lowercase have different interactions. You're using the F keys. The F keys, in particular, one of them, F7, I think it was, opens up your inventory. And then you basically get a, you go to a new window where you're looking through your inventory. And there's these different combinations of key, uh, combinations of keys you have to do in order to use items or to explore your inventory. There's a bunch of different stuff you can do through the menus, which is actually really smooth. It, it's surprisingly smooth. It's a little frustrating at first because you don't understand all the key combinations they're asking for. Uh, which can be kind of annoying because if you screw it up, you can get like in a situation where you just can't get out of the menu because you don't understand what it's asking for. Um, so that was a little bit annoying about it. But um, the overall system for it was great. It was it, You feel like you're in an adventure, oddly enough, because you're essentially working right through this dungeon. Again, you have no idea what it looks like. And every time you go down a floor, you're probably going to fight something a little bit stronger than what you did before. And my favorite thing in the world is I streamed this to my friends, and they understood it after about 30 minutes of watching me. I was like, oh, I'm wow. playing... Yeah, so we were sitting in call, and it's so funny because they're like, oh, shit, there's a centaur up ahead. Like, what, don't don't walk towards the centaur. And my other friend who had joined a few minutes prior to that was like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? He's like, how do you know what's going on? <laughs> He's like, funny. there's nothing going on. He was so confused because the other two people who were on call this had been watching me, and they understood generally what was going on. But he was just like, what are you guys talking about? Like, there's literally just letters. Like, there's nothing going on. He's not even playing a game. Like, he, he actually thought <laughs> I wasn't doing it.
0: And it was, it was He's really typing an because, essay like, with lots of periods.
1: Yeah, it was just, like, and it's so funny because I had the map explored and he's like, what is that? And then it, it was just funny because was, I was trying to explain to him like what I was doing. And um, one of the things I got kind of frustrated with is there was a floor I got stuck on because I couldn't find the hidden pathway. Because uh-huh. um, essentially as you're walking around, I think it's the delete key or the S key. Um, you can search the area, the tile you're on. But even if there is an extra door or hallway, you can't, you don't necessarily get it hundred percent of the time. So if you step on a square where there's an extra floor and you hit the delete key or S key three times, you may just miss yeah. it every single time, even though it's freaking there. One time, so I, I literally went wall, yeah. to wall to wall to wall to wall to wall all around this entire floor before I found it. One time, I, I had so to pissed. hit
0: it like one time. I knew I was at the spot where it was because I was like, yeah. at the, it was at the end of a hallway. It wasn't just on a you know yeah. on the inside of a wall. So I knew it was there. It took me eight times hitting the search key before it found before he found the door.
1: Now needless to say you could do it like this. Like you can be like. Like really quick, um, so it's not the end of the world. But again, as we we're talking before, it's turn based. So every time you do an action, things can move at you. Things right? can move so-
0: at you, and and you also um, build up hunger over time. So oh, yeah. that's, that's right. wasted turns. You know where you're not advancing and you're just building up your hunger. So uh, you, you got to keep that in, in mind as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: and, and what I forgot to mention too, when you're walking around, you heal. You're kind of like, you have a permanent yeah. heal over time, but you're losing hunger, but you're gaining health. So there are times when you're just like back and forth doing this, just trying to heal up because you're about to get in combat, but you're losing hunger at the same time. Um, oddly enough, we haven't even talked about the combat, which the combat's pretty straightforward. Um, essentially, I, I didn't use a ranged, uh, I didn't use a bow at all because I didn't want to learn how to do it because it looked annoying to do. <laughs> yeah. But um, I did cast some spells using wands and stuff. So essentially... Um, You can melee mobs, obviously, you have a weapon, um, you can just beat them, and essentially it's, like, chance on chance to hit versus their chance to hit uh, versus you dying first. So you're basically just swinging back and forth, and whoever connects the most and obviously does the most damage will kill the other person. Uh, but there are items you can use in your bags, um, there are potions you can use, which each um, action, each verb, has its own unique button for it. So I think to drink a potion, it was Q for quaff, and yeah. then I think for, like, reading a scroll, it's R. And then E was like active, activate an item or something like that. So like, anytime you're like, oh, I'm going to use a scroll. And then you open it up and you press the R key, or excuse me, the Q key, because you're just accustomed to doing that for potions. You're like, fuck, I have to go back to my menu and do it again because I hit the wrong key combination, which is really annoying. Um, but during combat, you can use wands, which it took me a few minutes to figure out how to do it. But the wands are dope, and they do a lot of damage. I took some, some crazy risks with them, because I think they were unidentified. But holy crap, they do a lot of damage, especially if you get some of the pretty powerful spell ones. Um,
0: yeah, no. It, it depends on the wand too, right? Because some of them do yeah. different things.
1: I didn't have any that did anything interesting in that regard. I'm all of mine were just damage dealing. Okay. I think I had three total. Uh, I don't. Was there sound
0: effects? Um, I don't. I don't, be- so. I don't believe so. I didn't play with the sa- with like you and I played both from the same site. And I believe I had sound disabled when I played. but typically on these games, there's usually no sound.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that that's everything that I had for it. I really enjoyed it. It was it was oddly enjoying enjoyable. I, I thought for sure I was just gonna be really annoyed with it and you know grind out three hours or whatever just right. to just to be able to talk about it. It was surprisingly enjoyable. It's very simple, um, and once you get more accustomed to it, it's kind of fast paced because you're sprinting through the dungeons and just trying to clear your way through it. Especially the first few floors because every time you die, you obviously start back from the beginning. Which by the way, I made the, the leaderboard. So
0: <clears throat> hell yeah. Um,
1: that was pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very enjoyable. It, it's, it's, when you get further in, when you're like the fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth floors, you start to get really nervous because you know random shit's going to happen and there's probably nothing you can do about it. Like you're going to hit a trap next to a centaur and he's going to beat you to death. Or you're just going to get cornered and there's not actually an entrance and you're just going to die. Or you're going to run out of food and you're going to die of hunger. Or a million different things can happen. So uh, it is kind of funny when you get attached to your character because there's no reason to get attached to your character. <laughs> you're probably going to die. But uh, it, it's just kind of funny when you, when you start getting there, especially when you get good items early on. There was one run where I got, like, really good armor, and I got an identification scroll. So I was able to identify it early, and I put it on. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm super tanky. Nice. My AC was really high, and I was able to, like, trash. I was able, able to run mobs down very easily, and I was, like, clearing my way. And then I think I ran into a room, and I hit something, and then two centaurs appeared. And I was like, fuck off, because <laughs> AI, the AI is smart enough to, to move uh, in in position to if there's a position that they can move to where they can hit you even if it's diagonal they will do that yeah. so if you if you're it's kind of like checkers or chess you know when you're you're trying to run from somebody the ai will always move in a way that restricts your movement and so you it's very easy to get cornered and once you're cornered you're basically dead you're not going to you're not going to escape from the ai
0: yeah it's really important if there are like multiple bad guys to get in a hallway to fight them
1: yeah exactly single file yeah that that's a good point as well um, but, um very what do
0: you, fun what'd you think about the uh what's it called the aqua monster or aqua something or oh other?
1: yeah aqua uh, 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 yeah yeah. i fought one of those
0: oh you only fought one yeah you, I, I only had, fought
1: one of those it almost killed me it i fought me
0: 20 a million um really
1: how far did you get I, was, uh, I got to like
0: the seventh floor i think oh really i got to the 17th floor
1: oh wow okay you are way better at that game than me okay i definitely i didn't realize you you were getting that far that's crazy
0: yeah, I didn't put a ton of time into it. I had a lot going on, so I, I played I played for probably... Oh, just
1: floor 17?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I probably played for like three hours, and I played like a few run-throughs, and I think I got to floor 17 twice, um, and there, once you get far enough, there's a lot of those monsters, but the, the, the bad thing about them is if you're wearing metal armor, they make it rust. And every time, yeah, they, I noticed yeah. That. every
1: time they hit you or whatever, every
0: time they hit you, it de- decreases the armor value. So, I was
1: wondering about that. Yeah. Thank you. Cause my, my armor was like insanely low and it was cursed. So I couldn't take it off. Oh, that's, it was like, I want to say it was negative five.
0: I wouldn't I be was surprised. Yeah. Sure it was
1: like negative five. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I don't know how ridiculous that sounds, but yeah, I was super heated. Cause I was like, I have this piece of armor stuck on me. And I, by the way, I never figured out how to take off ar- or take off cursed items. So,
0: uh, there is a certain scroll and maybe even a potion that uncurses things.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, like it's, it's basically anything that you have on that's cursed. It it just uncurses it. Um, and, uh, yeah. So the trick to those is you're supposed to, there's, there's something similar in, uh, the game that I've been trying to get you to play now is brogue since you liked rogue. And there are, um, acid jellies in that game, which are very similar um and they will degrade your armor as well as your weapon if you attack them with a weapon oh so you have to either attack them with something ranged or uh unequip your weapon and just attack them with your hands so that's the trick to fighting these guys you don't have to unequip your weapon because i don't believe these things hurt your weapon but I, i you just take off your armor whenever you encounter one uh but that also that's kind of annoying because then you're constantly having to hit you know capital T to take the armor off, then go the oh, yeah, them, then press W or whatever it is to put armor back on, uh, or I think it's P actually to put to put back on armor. Uh, so yeah, that, that that gets a little bit annoying. Oh for uh, sure. But yeah, I kind of felt the same way you did. It it wasn't, I didn't love it. But I didn't like dislike it either, and especially since I really like roguelike games uh, in general, you know, classic roguelikes. Yeah. Uh I uh it was fun to play this just kind of see, you know, obviously like where it all started. I was
1: pleasantly surprised, in all seriousness.
0: Man, you have to play brogue, I'm telling you.
1: I may do at some point. I'm playing a lot of games. I'm playing a lot of games right now for uh, surprisingly. I normally play like one or two games at once, but I'm playing a bunch of games right now, so
0: maybe I'll, may sh- take it maybe I'll point stream point. it and just make you watch me play it.
1: Okay. I can show you that
0: RTS because it's like this just very just a million times better uh, this is what I told you earlier just a million times better in every way there's a lot more strategy involved a lot more like gameplay variety there are, are a lot of different builds you can do with your character which there it's all based on the game there's no the only stat you have besides your HP is strength and all that dictates is what is like how powerful of a weapon you can uh wield and also like how how powerful of armor you can wear so okay. the whole your whole strategy has to be based on just what items you find while you're playing. So you might find a lot of scrolls and wands and sure. stuff. So you have to have like real magic centric play, or maybe you find like a lot of just like you know armor and and swords, and then you just have it like a little bit more straightforward playthrough. But it's really cool because you get caught in all these weird situations where you have to like just pause and think. Like, what am I going to do? How how am I going to gonna get out of this situation? Let me look at the terrain that's around me. There's a big hole. I could just jump to the next floor and take damage. There's lava here. Maybe I can try to lure them into the lava. Uh, let me look and see what all, you know, potions and, and scrolls I have. And maybe I can use something to, to get out of here. It is so fun. And the game looks fantastic. It's ASCII as well, but they did really, the guy who made it did an awesome job with, like, the colors, yeah. just making it look awesome. Uh, oh, man. It is one of the best games ever. So uh, yeah, Rogue. I think this was this was a really good, uh, really good call on your part.
1: Pleasantly surprised. Oh please, I was just go go with the flow. But yeah, I mean, it's it. I was pleasantly surprised. In all this is the best way I can put it.
0: Yeah. So there are twenty six floors. The goal of the game is to get to floor twenty six and get uh, an amulet. I believe I didn't
1: even get close. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> and then and then you have to get back up through all the floors.
1: Really? Is yeah. oh and mobs can. I noticed that mobs spawn indefinitely. Right.
0: Um yeah 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 that and that is a little bit different from most of the classic roguelikes at least the ones that I've played um, is that yes they do continue to spawn so even if you clear out all rooms uh as you're you know going back to the stairs or whatever uh, you can you might come across a uh another monster and you also most,
1: most roguelikes I've played have that effect too so that makes mm, sense
0: okay And you can't go back upstairs. uh, Yeah, I noticed that until you get to the
1: very bottom. Yeah,
0: apparently until you get to the very bottom. (laughs) Yeah, you can't do that in this one. Um, And I don't know if this is the same as Brogue, but in Brogue, once you get to... Whatever floor it is, I think it's a lot deep, or not. A lot, I think it's a little bit deeper in in Brogue that you have to go. I could be wrong. I don't remember exactly, but I know that in that game, once you get the amulet, then there's like a wizard that chases you around the whole time as you're trying to get back up and out of the game. Oh,
1: that's that's nuts. That's very terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: is. Uh, and so um, I'm not sure if that happens in this one or not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, yeah, good call. This was a, this was fun to play. It was and, very fun. You can definitely tell, like, it's just a um, a very, like, infantile version of what roguelikes came to be. Oh,
1: for sure. That's literally what we were talking about when I was in college with people. Like, it, it's just so funny to look at it and go, I can see where so many games came from. Like, this is literally the foundation for majority of the roguelikes that I played my in my time yeah. and the ones that I really enjoy. Yeah. yeah. You can feel it. That's crazy.
0: It was fun. That was cool. Good call.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, likewise.
0: Um One, Let's talk about okay okay. I don't want us to figure out our next game of the quarter right now because we got okay. enough to to go over this episode. But this is what I want to do, okay? So for this one, it was your call. You said, but you got my input. You were like, "Let's play a roguelike rob, which one do you which ones do you think would be good to go?" So this is what I want to do. I want to do the same thing. You I want me to want, give you a genre? No, I'm going to give you a genre. Okay. And you're going to pick a game. Okay. And that's going to be RPG. Ooh.
1: <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to try and find something unique then. Something we haven't uh, talked about much. Let's see if I can find something. Okay. The After only
0: that. the only uh, other stipulation is it has to be one that I have not played.
1: I was just going to say, I don't want to do something that we've both played because it's kind of boring. I want to try and find something that maybe it's a little bit niche, a little bit different.
0: That's fine. If... If you've played it, um, that's perfectly fine with me. If you have not played it, that's also cool. Something that you... I would like it to be something that you think is good. <laughs> uh, Define
1: RPG for me, by the way. You know what I'm asking? I know it's a, kind of a dumb question, but you know you know how so many things can be construed as RPGs? Let, like me pu- uh,
0: let me pull up Wikipedia. And search like, for are you looking RPG? for something that's...
1: Do you want to find something that's turn-based? Do you want to find something where, you know...
0: Um... So how about we define this as a video game genre where the player controls the actions of a character and/or several party members immersed in some well-defined world? <laughs> no, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. No, no, no. All right, I'm look. Serious. Let's just okay. do this. No, no, no. Let's do this. Um, turn-based. Okay. Turn-based, uh, and and you know, obviously not something that's clearly not an RPG. Something that that you would look at and, and reasonably think this is an RPG. Let's have it be a turn-based one. Um, you know, go for like a JRPG if, if you're not if if you don't have any other ideas. But I mean, JRPG is fine. That's the first thing that pops into my mind. But if you've got other ideas of a turn-based RPG, um, just anything.
1: Can it have the option of turn-based? So there are there are some RPGs I'm thinking of where you can turn on turn-based and turn it off. I'll, I'll, I'll use my
0: description. I don't know. No. You're making this too complicated. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want
1: to... F- okay, never mind. No, no, no. Okay. I'll, I'll take
0: it. Uh, let's look. Let's back up. I don't even care if it's turn-based. I was just saying that to make it easier. No. Um, I have
1: some s- things in mind.
0: Something that... Okay, let's say I don't want to play an action RPG, okay? okay? I don't want an action game that just happens to have RPG like, level-up elements. You got it. But... Um, I would prefer a turn-based RPG. Okay. Uh, and from there, it's up to you. But also, if you want to do... I don't, I'm, let's just leave it at that. Turn, let's let's say preferably turn-based, but if it's something else and it's clearly an RPG, I don't really know. I don't really have a good way of defining RPG besides it's based heavily on leveling up your character uh, as you play through the game and, and raising stats as opposed to, like having quick reflexes you got it sound good yep all right so you will choose one for our next episode okay and maybe if you if you're not sure then just have a couple backups okay okay um so other games that we've been playing you want to you want to go first or you want me to uh
1: i went first i talked first and last one if you want to go
0: all right well let's do this then i've got uh i've actually got three games i'm probably just going to talk about two of them though uh but for my first one I'm going to talk about a classic ASCII roguelike. Interesting. Yeah. This is uh this came out in 1990. Also for Unix systems. And this is a roguelike called Angband. Okay. This is a pretty well-known roguelike amongst people who like classic roguelikes. Um as I said, it is a, it is ASCII based just like uh just like Rogue. However, it has it's much more um it's much more uh, like you look at it and it looks much more interesting than rogue. So rogue, for instance, is just, uh, let's say there's a lot more depth in basically every way than, than rogue. Okay. Uh, Particularly in um, the, the floor layouts. One thing that we didn't mention about rogue uh, is that it's just, every level is just nine square rooms. That's how, that's how every floor is and uh many roguelikes that came after it did a lot to make much more interesting uh, floors on the on every dungeon and I don't know if we actually mentioned this which is also another very important part of all of these games but every playthrough it's everything is is randomized so you know so you don't you know come across the same monsters the floors don't have the exact same layout although in rogue they're very similar just because it's limited in what it yeah. gives you but the layout's different the, the monsters that you come across are a little bit different and you know that's kind of one of the key tenets of, of roguelikes is that every playthrough is different um so like an ang band for instance every floor has much more interesting uh, i guess architecture is what you would call it you have you know oddly shaped rooms you have passages going this way and that we have winding passages you have you know stuff intersecting you know like cross passages and all this kind of stuff where it's not just Nine rooms, basically, almost like on a grid, just about. Um, so, ingband, you start off in a town, and uh, there are like a few shops in the town where you can buy potions, you can buy gear. There's a house, which is your house, and that's where you can uh, drop off stuff if you if you get too much stuff, because just like also in rogue, you ha- you do have a uh, an inventory like max capacity. It also There are a few minor mobs in the town. There's they're like they're mostly just annoying. And a lot of the times they don't even attack you. But sometimes they're like a dog might attack you and you just have to kill him real quick. Or a uh, like a thief will walk up and and steal money from you. They don't really do much, but they're just really annoying. Uh, There's also a few characters in town that are just like the town drunk and things like that. And they just walk up to you and just follow you. And even though it's it's so funny because even though it's just. Just like Rogue, it's just you know, it's ASCII graphics. It's just you're 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 an at symbol on the screen, and you're just moving around, and just having this other symbol that you know is a character follow you one space away the entire time you're walking around town. It gets so damn annoying. You're like, I want, I just want to kill this fucker. You're like he's just bugging the shit out of me. And then if he gets right up next to you, it might say like the the town drunk drools on you, and that is much more angering than it really should be. But every time that happened, I was like, fucker, get away from me. Uh, so you start off in town, you stock up on, on, you know, food if you want, or potions and, you know, just whatever you want to get your game started. And then there's a, an entrance to a cave, very similar to how Diablo is set up, how they have the town. And then you go back to the entrance to the cave, to you know, to go into it and start fighting bad guys. But there's an entrance to a cave. You go into the, into the entrance, go down to the cave, and then you start, and then you're in the dungeon. And that's where the, the actual gameplay starts. Just like Rogue, you're you're fighting mobs, going from floor to floor, going deeper every time, okay. uh, Sorry. fighting bad guys, huh? What? I'm a child. Just keep going. Okay, and so, um, as I said, the floors are are much more intricately laid out in this one. There's a lot more on any given floor. There's a lot more exploring you have to do. They're like, there's a lot of really winding passages and that kind of stuff. And also on this one, which is, which is really unique, even among other roguelikes, this is the only one that I can think of that actually does this is as far as the classic styled ones go, is that the floor, uh, the the whole level of any given floor is bigger than one screen. So it actually does scroll when you go far to the side and then there's like more to go off on the side too. So the floors, as far as classic roguelike games go, are actually pretty big and they take a long time to explore. Um, and it's just the uh, the same moment-to-moment gameplay as a typical classical rogue, classic roguelike. You're fighting a wide variety of mobs. You you do what's called a bump attack on them. So the way I don't even know I don't know if we talked about this either. But the way you actually attack the way you do melee attacks Briefly, in, we talked about it. Yeah. Okay, in this and rogue, is you just walk up next to a monster and just press the walk button again as if you're going to walk onto its space. But it, but if there's a monster there, then instead of walking there, then you get, then you attack it and it attacks you. Um, so same, all the same mechanics, you have spells that you can cast, uh, you can read scrolls and this one, you actually do have a couple different character classes and some of them can actually learn spells as you go throughout the game. So if you're a paladin, for instance, then you, it's typical, you know, you do good DPS, but you also have a few spells that you can cast and, um, it uses mana as you would expect. And this, the spell casting rate, if you're casting it, you know, it's if, it's, if it's a spell you know and it's not one that you're reading from a scroll, the spell casting does have a failure chance. So it'll usually succeed, but I think it starts off at maybe 60% and then it goes up as you play. So that's something to keep in mind. And then you are leveling up and stuff in this one. So every time you level up, this one has kind of regular, basically regular stats that you would expect from an RPG, um, where you're leveling up uh your strength and health and all that kind of stuff uh, dexterity and things like that and then you're going from floor to floor doing this you're finding weapons as you go around you're finding armor you're finding potions you're finding scrolls you're finding money and then also like rogue there are most of this is unidentified so um oh, yeah. yeah you'll find a stack of red potions and you don't know what they do and th- and that's uh a different obviously thing obviously healing potions <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just drink it and see um one interesting thing here is that there are a lot of potions and, and, and scrolls and things like that. So, you know, in Rogue, and this is how most of these are. Jay, you know, in Rogue, you, you find a potion, right? Like, maybe yep. you'll find two or three potions on a floor. Yep. Well, on this one, you might find ten stacks of potions on a floor. You oh. might step on one tile and it says, there's a stack of eight green potions here. And you just pick them all up, and it's just like uh, Chocobo's that's dungeon. Better
1: or worse for you?
0: Well, I think it's better, it, but but it's but I'd say it's better. Um, it's just like in Chocobo's dungeon where if you have multiple objects of the same type, then they take up the same slot. Okay. So it doesn't take up like a hundred percent of your inventory if you pick up ten red potions sure. or whatever. Um, so that's helpful, but um. It's, it's it's kind of a lot. I found myself having to offload a bunch of potions still because wow. you're finding a bunch of these and, and a bunch of different varieties, too. So even though you can stack the similar potion in the same inventory slot, I was still ha- getting my inventory maxed out, having to return to town to drop stuff off. You get a crazy amount of potions here. Is there um, a max
1: inventory in Rogue? Because I never hit it. Yes,
0: there is. I think it's just uh, A through Z, so it's so okay. 26. Um, and there is max on this one, too. Now I say it's better in a way it's better, but I I think it's better that you get more potions, but it's also, it's also worse in a way because part of that, what comes along with that is any given potion is not as powerful as any given (laughs) potion in rogue. So I, I maybe would take that back and say, gameplay wise, I like the way rogue handles it better where one potion can really do a whole lot. Okay. In this one, it's like most of the potions are, oh, you have a like slightly raised dexterity for 10 turns now, or or you might have a better hit rate for 20 turns or something like that. So it's not game-changing stuff. It's like, oh, I'm about to fight a bunch of mobs. Here's a room with a bunch of mobs. I'm going to quaff a potion real quick just to like buff me a little bit before I go in here. And they don't do as interesting things as they do in Rogue. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's unidentified. However... If I and if I remember correctly when you um find a weapon or armor that that has some sort of uh either like that has some sort of special attribute to it okay. then it tells you that. So you know there's a chance that it might be cursed so you might not want to wear it. And if not it doesn't and and you, likewise you know if it doesn't have that so you know for sure if it's not cursed right? You get what I'm saying? Like You can see sure. if, it, if it doesn't have any extra attributes then you know it's not going to be cursed so it's probably safe to wear. But you can tell if it does have attributes so you might so you can risk it still if you want or you can save it for later until you I- identify it. Um, oh yeah, also this is based on Lord of the Rings lore which is kind of, <laughs> kind of weird. Oh, interesting. Uh, a lot of the mobs you come across are like lord of the rings based monsters there are even named characters that you come across that are straight from lord of the rings like smeagol is one mob that you can come across um and the named characters it's like they're not a normal mob they're one that you would just come across one time and then once you kill it you would never see it again okay there's also uh like farmer maggot's dog is in this game He's a mob that you come across in the dungeon, or I think there's two, two, I think he has two dogs that you come across in the dungeon, things like that. The final boss is, uh, is Morgoth, which is from Lord of the Rings and he's on floor a hundred. So that's how far you have to go to be. I'm sorry.
1: How far did you get into it? What was
0: the, the furthest? uh, probably 20, 23, maybe. Wow. Something like that. And apparently I, I if I remember correctly, I may have read this wrong, but I think there's a really strong boss on the floor of fifty as well. Uh so I didn't get too far. Um so there's all these things. Most of this, for the most part, is pretty typical classic roguelike stuff. Um okay. once you get to a point where you need to either where maybe you're out of food, or maybe your health has gotten really low, or you have too many items and you need to drop some stuff off. Then you can go back to town. And usually you you can back up all the way if you want. Usually the way you would do this is you read a scroll that teleports you back to town. Okay. And then you can do whatever you want to do in town. Drop off stuff. Uh, you know, buy whatever you need to get back in. Mm-hmm. And then usually you would cast another scroll to go back. There, there's a scroll called, I forgot what, I think it's called like scroll of depths or something like that. And what it does is it actually takes you a couple levels below where you were last time. Okay. Um, so it's, if you have those scrolls, which normally you do, it's pretty easy to go back and forth. Um, the way you identify stuff, you, you can find identification scrolls, but the primary way to identify things is kind of weird. You go to a shop and you just give the item to the shop. And so you lose it, but you at least get to find out what it was.
1: Oh, and so when you see it future, in the future.
0: So when you see it in the future, you know, you know it what is. it is. So if you give him a green potion, then he says, oh, this is this. So you know what it is from now on. Now, the way okay. that works with weapons and armor is kind of interesting. And I wish more classic roguelikes actually did this. Um, the way So unidentified, say it's like a spear. And you can tell it does something special, but you don't know what it is. Well, It actually uses like a rune system. So the idea is, oh, this one has a brown rune on it. So once you identify a spear of like, maybe it's a spear of, I don't even know this thing, but like a spear of holiness, for instance, then say like that, that means that the brown rune means holiness. So if you ever come across any armor or weapon that has the holiness attribute, then you automatically know that that's what it is. Okay. So that's that's kind of cool. I kind of like that system. I hadn't seen that before. And it almost seems kind of like common sense. Like, yeah, of course, that that, that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. to do it that way. But not a lot of these games do that. This is the first time I've seen that in one of these uh, types of games. Um, Here's where it gets kind of interesting, though. So, so you've gone down 10 levels, okay? 10 okay. floors. Okay. You teleport back to town. You... The idea is anytime you go up or down a set of stairs, it's an unimaginably large and complex series of winding stairways and dungeons. Okay. Okay. Uh, So big and so confusing that it's impossible to ever find the same dungeon floor twice. Holy shit. So if you go, down a floor. Say say you take my example. You go down 10 floors, teleport back to town, okay? Then you go back to the first floor. It's okay. going to be entirely different than the first floor that you went to the first time. If you go down a floor from there, you're on a new second floor. If you go back up again, back to the first floor, then it's also then it's still going to be different once again. So every what? time you go up or down a floor... Even if you go back and forth between floor two, three, two, three, two, three, two, three, three they're gonna be different floors every single time. It basically generates a new random floor yeah. every time you do it. Again, it the makes I,
1: sense, that's just crazy. Yeah, it is
0: crazy. The again, the idea is that it's so confusing and so dark and so labyrinthine that it's impossible to ever find the same room, you know, the same set of rooms twice. Sure. Um so what this means gameplay wise is you can grind as much as you want you can go down floors fast if you don't feel like you need to grind or if you just want to like play it super duper extremely safe, you can just just keep going around up and down floors and just stay in low levels as much as you want, literally as much as you want and just grind for however long you want to. Which obviously that takes a little bit of the skill away from it, but I also... I, I, I w I'm not the person to do that, but I kind of like that you can do that. Like if you just want if your whole goal is just to play as safe as possible, so you can beat the game without much risk and and you're okay with just basically devoting hours to doing that, then that's then if that's your playstyle, then you can do it. I think having that possible. I think having that uh that option is kinda cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It has another element of depth to
0: it. Yeah, Um, and 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 likewise, you don't have to clear out every floor if you if you want to play the opposite way and just race through and play and be forced play a little bit more strategically. Then you can do that as well. One thing that a lot of people do, I found out, is one uh, spell that you have as a paladin and probably a lot of probably just about any other spellcaster, I I guess, is called um, it's detect monster. So you just, so you go down floors as fast as you can until you get to where like maybe you're like, okay, this is, you know, I'm I'm to floor eight now. I'm going to, I'm going to stay here for a little while or say maybe roughly around here. Then you cast that spell as much as you, as much as possible. And it shows you on the map, even if it's a room you're not in, or it's, if it's a room you haven't, you know, a part of the map you haven't explored on that, on that level, then it shows you any monsters that are nearby. So you can see, oh, there's a pretty strong one. I'm going to get some good XP for that. I'm going to head straight for him and start killing these guys so I can level up. Or you can see, all right, that one's way out of my league right now. I'm going to go the opposite direction and avoid him. That's apparently, from what, I, again, from what I, I talked to some people and read some stuff, that's what a lot of people do, is they go deep, and they, and they cast this spell as often as they can to level up uh, You know, on, on deeper levels to get started. Um, Interesting. And also, there's, this, this, there's another mechanic where... Once you spend a few turns on any given level, it'll say something like, you feel like this is a dangerous place. So sometimes the level that you're on is not perfectly consistent. Like uh, if you're on level eight, for instance, it might be easier sometimes and it might be harder sometimes. And once you, once you spend a few turns on the levels, it'll say like, you feel like this is a dangerous place or like you feel like there's not much to worry about here. So that's going to tell you like, you know, roughly... How powerful the mobs are on that level, and sometimes it'll also say things like, "Oh, you feel like there are a lot of uh, riches here, and that means there's a whole lot of loot, there's a whole lot of stuff mm-hmm. to find on that level." So that also kind of helps you figure out whether you want to stay there, or go back up, or maybe even keep going down. Um, one thing that I that that for me does kind of throw a little bit of a wrench into this is that the floors are so big, sometimes it really takes a while just to find the stairs down to the next floor. And there are even sometimes like four or five or six sets of stairs that you can find to go down to the next floor. And even, oh, oh. even Wait, really? Yes, and even still with there being so many, it would sometimes take maybe five minutes to find five or maybe even 10 minutes to find the stairs down to the next floor. What? So, so sometimes
1: there can be many different stairs and other times you struggle to find any stairs?
0: Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. And even when there are many, sometimes it takes a while to find them. Huh. So that kind of throws a wrench in the in the works in the sense of if you're just trying to race down to get to maybe floor five or six to start off with. Okay. Um even just doing that can take a while just, just to get there in the first place. Even if you're just playing as fast as you can, you're not grinding out mobs. You're just maybe killing them as you come across them, but you're just looking for the stairs. You're not worried about cleaning the floor. It still takes a while to play through the game. Um, I found this game really pretty good overall, but I ultimately fell off of it because the gameplay does get repetitive. Most of the mobs you come across again, like if you're kind of playing at standard and you're doing one, you're maybe like clearing one floor at a time. Most of the mobs are fairly easy and the floors, as I said, take a long time to explore. So it's a game that you have to invest kind of a lot of time into to make moderate progress. Okay. And it also, okay. Yeah. And I, I, this for me, so I was talking about brogue earlier. The thing that I love so much about that game is you are constantly having to really think about what you're doing. Um, especially once you get to lower levels and there's more and more different kinds of mobs and stronger mobs and mobs that do more interesting things. Um, you really have to kind of strategize your way through any given floor this one is kind of the opposite. This one is, I feel like, made for somebody who wants more of an RPG kind of leveling experience. Um, because, most, as I said, most of the mobs are pretty easy. And then, of yeah. course, yeah, you'll come across mobs that are really powerful. But usually, for, for me, when when I take a long time in Brogue, it's because I'm being very careful about every single move that I do. When, I, when it takes me a long time in this game, it's just because... I'm fighting so many mobs and trying to find stairs and stuff. (laughs) Um, So it's just kind of a different experience for me. And that's sort of where I fell off because I got a little bit bored of just, you know, basically face rolling into tons of mobs until I found really powerful ones. Um, There's too much time, too much kind of mindless action in between the parts where I really did have to pay attention to what was going on. So, this is a pretty famous roguelike. I recommend it if it sounds like something um, if you're looking for a game like this. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, and I still did get quite a few hours. I probably put 6 or 7 hours into this game. So I played plenty wow. of it. And I had fun playing it. But once I fell off, it was kind of a hard it was kind of a hard fall off for me. I'm just kind of like, okay. I'm I'm sort of just done. I think I had like four or five playthroughs in that time. And uh, and now I, I kind of feel like I got all out of it that that I'm interested in.
1: That's crazy. So how many hours did you put into it total, you said?
0: Probably about probably about six or seven. Huh. Oh, and also also like NetHack, or I'm sorry, also like uh, like Rogue. This is um, well, I guess not exactly like Rogue, but this is this game is free, and you don't have to play it in the browser. You can download it from the game's website. It's uh, just search for Angband. And it's the it's the first uh, it's mm-hmm. the first result you get. You can just download it from there. Nope. All right, uh, I do have one more, but why don't we go back to you and then I'll come back to me? You sure? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. So I uh, played Might Magic Seven. Um. Which so quick quick little tidbit. So Might Magic this series, obviously, we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, but they did a, a thing where they would go from making these. Sort of turn-based strategy games, Heroes of Might and Magic, uh, to making the RPG type games, which is the Heroes of Might and Magic series overall. Right. Um, I had heard because I I've played eight a number of times and really enjoyed my experience every time I played it. Um, I had heard that nine was okay. I heard that seven was really good. So I wanted to try. I wanted to play something of the series, but I didn't want to replay eight because I've played it a bunch of times and I've talked about it for the podcast before. So I figured I'd go back a little bit further as opposed to joining a newer one. And so My Magic 7, obviously a uh, more limited iteration of the series uh, as opposed to, um, you know, the eighth and star, the eighth one, which I played a bunch of times. Um, But it is very, you you can see a lot of the stuff that that the eighth installment had and where it came from in seven. And I'm sure you could see the same thing if you went down the series um, to six as well. But you have you can totally see where a lot of the it's kind of like we're talking about rogue where you can see a lot of the elements that they did in that game uh, were obviously used throughout a bunch of different roguelikes throughout the history and even even into games today. Kind of the same idea. Um, You have the very simple RPG elements where you basically at the very beginning, you design a character. But in this one, so in the eighth one, you pick one character and then you hire on additional characters like an RPG over time. In this one, you actually select your entire starting party of four characters, which I was actually a, a little bit turned off of. I, I like the idea of making my initial character and then interacting with characters throughout the game that ultimately can join my party and developing my party that way. In this one, uh, right off the bat, you you acquire four characters. Um, you can select their their class, race. Uh, you know, obviously based on what you want to do with them. Um, the one thing I notice is when you first begin to uh, when you start the game, it actually gives you a cookie cutter constructed style um, party, which is nice because obviously for people who haven't played this game before, there's a lot to take in initially. Similar to roguelike, there's a decent amount of key combinations that you need to do throughout the game. Um, the same as eight as well. Just kind of key binding ranged attacks versus melee attacks versus spells um, can be kind of overwhelming. So having that piece of it done for you, where it picks your your character, excuse me, your uh, class and race. cookie cutter one then you can make some slight adjustments it also redistributes your stats based on what they think is the best way to go about it so that's kind of nice as well Um, so you kind of get right into the game and it's it's interesting the first thing that i noticed when you when you first zone in in this one you are in a major uh, generally a major city you're in a town right but the funny part is the music is atrocious it's not it's not atrocious it's aggressive and it seems like there's something crazy going on, but it's this very repetitive track. And every time you go in and out of a building, the track starts over. So if you go to a house and you can't go in buildings, you basically walk up to a building, you hit the use command, and essentially you'll, you'll, um, if some if the door is unlocked and there's somebody inside, you'll basically get a portrait that pops up that gives you some dialogue with one or multiple characters if there are multiple characters within the building. So when you do that, especially early on, that's generally what you're doing. You go to the you go to the town, you interact with different people, you get an understanding of the quests that are available, what trainers are available, if you want to master certain abilities. Um, there are experts that can train you higher levels right so it's annoying when you're going to all these houses at the beginning because this track starts over and it's really loud and it's aggressive and it's like it was a complete turn off initially i turned on music to a very low volume because it's just (laughs) it's that pungent like it's it's that loud and just kind of in your face type music it's kind of weird so i was a little turned off by that but once i turned on the music i kind of got over got over pretty quickly but then um, as you as you start developing your characters, you can acquire different abilities. Certain classes and races are obviously better with certain abilities. So you have certain characters that are better at things like perception. So if the, you need them to see things like traps, uh, there are certain races that are going to succeed more often, or excuse me, they're going to be able to get a higher efficiency in that type of ability um, and ultimately do more with it, right? So early on, you basically are trying to map out how you want to distribute all those different types of abilities, because obviously you want to have things like Disarm Trap perception uh you want to have a cleric which there's not really a specialty for for healing i guess there's light magic but generally there are certain things you need like alchemy uh merchant mercantilism which is very useful identify item because you want to be able to identify items as you're going so you have to kind of distribute those more or less annoying must-haves um on top of you know fire magic and bow and sword and dagger so you can build out your characters based on what you do it's very very rpg driven right So this game, uh, this one, I didn't really get tied too much to the story so far. There was like an introduction cutscene, And then essentially you're in this town, you're interacting with people. And then you take five steps out of town. And I kid you not, there's like two piles of 25 mobs. (laughs) And if you aggro too many of them, you are fucked. You can probably take two or three at most at once uh, without potentially losing somebody and if somebody dies they, they get knocked unconscious and if they get hit while they're unconscious then they go to the grave similar to like D D almost okay. where essentially if your character gets knocked unconscious you can still heal them up but if they get hit while they're unconscious they can go into the grave and then you have to spend a lot of money in order to resurrect them so um, it was weird because it's these flying mobs too, these wyverns, uh, that are, are no, they're not wyverns they're, they're serpent flies is what they are And so it was really weird to me because there's so many of them that I dragged them in the town and they just started Dismantling the town they killed majority of the town's folk and then uh, they started beating up on the guards too Which was really annoying. Um, which was freaking insane And the best part is in, in generally in this game when mobs get low on health they run they run away from you and your party so Mobs are flying and you're on an island. So they're essentially just flying out out, out of reach of where you can get them, which is really frustrating because you're like working these mobs down and then they just take off flying, by the way, and there's nothing you can do about it, which was really frustrating to deal with. Uh, so that was, that was kind of funny to see. And so you're dealing, you're dealing with that piece of it, uh, back and forth and just trying to, you know, you're trying to level as to the best of your ability, but it can obviously get very obnoxious, um, as you're just trying to get a decent amount of experience going for your characters. So essentially you clear out those two camps and then you work your way, uh, through the first dungeon, which there was actually a a dragon pit in the first city, which was pretty frustrating. I I didn't realize how high level the dragons were and they completely destroyed me. Uh, the first time I fought them. (laughs) kind of kind of really annoying to deal with so i dealt with the dragons and then obviously um i was able to uh i was able to clear the first key dungeon that i was working through um which happened to be like the first way to get off the initial island that you're working on so i was able to do a good, uh, get through that and then a few other minor dungeons i was going through it the quests are pretty simplistic it's like hey go gather this stuff hey kill this dude uh very general kind of questing type stuff which to be expected in RPG, but I, I will say it was a, it was an enjoyable experience. Um, I still I know seven is supposed to be a better uh, one of the better installments of it. I do enjoy eight purely for I like the idea of being able to build out my own party um, as I'm going through it and some of the other development pieces as well. I felt like some of the the structure of the class design was a little bit more exciting for me, and maybe that's just because I'm more accustomed to. Um, the eighth installment of the game, but I will say it was it was a surprisingly enjoyable experience for how many how, for the variety of simplistic mechanics that were available for it. Really? Um, yeah, it was fun. I, I can definitely see where they got the idea for a lot of uh, different tools and mechanics that I uh, experienced throughout the eighth installment as well. So, but cool, it was very fun. I, I, would, I would definitely recommend. It. I'm going to play it some more for sure, and I may play some other ones as well because um, I've beaten eight and I've beaten a lot of the the, the really old ones as well. So I want to play uh I want to play this one as well.
0: So, how would you rank it?
1: Um, it's hard to say. I mean, the the games are very similar. I can. There were some quality of life things that were kind of frustrating that the seventh one didn't have, so that was kind of sticking out in my mind <laughs> a lot. But it's 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 hard to rank it because these games generally I play them because it's just fun to to build and develop characters and then just start working your way through these really difficult dungeons and just you know it, it's just fun in that regard. So both of them have that mechanic to them. Uh, but so far, I have like the eighth one more. I think I'm just more comfortable with it. But I think maybe if I invest more time in the sixth one, I may ultimately enjoy it as well at the same level. Huh. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yes, sir. All right. Any, anything else from you?
1: Nope. Nope. All right,
0: Then right. I'm going to back up and do one more game. Okay. This is one of the games that was on my uh, New Year's Eve resolution or New Year's resolutions list. And uh, it's one that I've been wanting to play for a while. I just never got to Star Control Two. This yeah. came out in nineteen ninety two, and it was a uh, it was a PC game. It was on DOS originally. There's also a uh, apparently a really good version on three Do, but um, this is a famous, very beloved PC game. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about it all i see is like people on old forums or on gog reviews saying like greatest game ever made i've seen it on so many best pc games of all time lists um so many people just like all they can talk about is like how much they loved it when they were little and played it so and and i've just heard that all over the place so i knew i had to play it at some point uh and i did not really get into it that much so this is a this is an open wow. world, uh, an open world space. I would call it a space exploration adventure game.
1: That sounds like your kind of game too. Damn. Yeah, it
0: does. It's uh, so the backstory is that you went off to some other planet, uh, very very far away in some other you know some other star system, and uh, I don't even remember exactly what happens because uh, it is actually. A couple, a few months ago when I played this and I just hadn't gotten a chance to talk about it yet. Um, But anyway, basically you find this other race of aliens or you find this, you find this planet that the whole planet was made to be a factory for this giant spaceship. And so you discover this giant spaceship on this planet and you take it back to Earth. So you're returning to Earth like years and years and years and years later. And... Uh, Earth has been enslaved by this other race of aliens. And basically you talk to these people that are on Earth's moon. There's like a few guys there and they're like, yeah, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. They they enslaved us and we just have to do whatever they say from now on. And you basically talk to them and kind of they're like, all right, fuck yeah, let's do this. We're taking back Earth. And then they're like, okay, so what you got to do now is go mine a whole bunch of minerals <laughs> for us. And that's how you progress in the game As you travel to other star systems, check out their planets, and you have these little... So, so the whole uh, perspective of the game is primarily you looking at, like, a map of the galaxy. And then you're controlling a ship, basically uh, asteroids style. You are, like, turning it on, you know, just like rotating it and then pressing a thrust button to make it go in whatever direction it's pointing. And then you, uh, w- when you're in a star system, then you're kind of just flying from one planet to the next, just checking them out. And then you can also go into hyperspace where that uses up, a. Uh, that's basically, I think the only time that you use fuel and, uh, go into hyperspace. If you need to go to an, to an old, you know, to a, to an entire, another star system and, then you go there and it's the same thing. You fly there and then you you get to the star system and then you just kind of go from planet to planet checking them out for minerals. When you go to a planet, you basically fly over it and then it cuts to this other screen where it's sort of your your display inside the ship and it shows a big picture of the planet in front of you and then it shows information about the planet and you can pull up. You can do. You can scan the planet. So you want to scan it typically for minerals, but you can also scan it to see if maybe there's other life forms or anything like that, or, or other notable things there. And there are certain minerals that you that are just worth dirt basically, and there's not even any sense in picking them up. And then there's certain minerals that are worth a whole bunch. And then there's variety in between. And you can tell whether they're a good or bad one based on what color they are. And when they when they show up on on your scan. Then it shows like, oh, here's mineral deposit. Here's, you know, 15 mineral deposits. And it shows their color. So if it's a good color, then you want to pick them up. So you can take them back to the moon base and basically give them to like the people, like your friends on the moon. And they more or less give you money for them. And that's how you build out your ship. To get the stuff from a planet, what you're doing is you send a little lander down. And then it's a top-down view of you just driving this little like rover around the screen uh picking up just driving over the mineral deposits sometimes you have to be careful because there are you you have to look at what the weather and the geographical conditions on the map are so you have to see if there are like really really bad thunderstorms or if there are fucking like earthquakes i think is one thing you have to watch out for because if if there's if there's really bad thunderstorms for instance basically all these things can damage your lander and if it gets destroyed then it's dead and you and you lose whatever it was on it and you typically only have maybe one or two landers so if you lose it then you just then you're shit out of luck and you got to head back to uh the moon hopefully you have enough money to uh buy a new one and if you don't then you're fucked unless you have a save, which you probably most of the time will, that you're just going to have to reload and try again. Uh, And then, so you're sending the lander down, driving around, picking up minerals, and then calling it back up to your ship. And you basically do this until your ship's capacity is full, fly back to the moon, and uh, sell them all your, all the minerals that you got, and then upgrade your ship however you want. You can get better. You You typically need to buy fuel, and hire more crew members because crew members are basically your HP. And then uh, also, you know, build out more capacity, get, you know, faster engines, build out more weapons. Uh, basically any, any of the ba- kind of basic ways you can imagine that you can uh, improve a spaceship in a game like this are, are the things that you need to do. One of the big things is fuel capacity because that allows you to go out to, uh, to star systems that are farther away. So you can start kind of looting them. And once you get all of the minerals, once you get any mineral from any given planet, it's gone forever. It doesn't respawn minerals or anything like that. But there are a shitload of planets. So that's, unless you kind of play dumb, that's typically not going to be an issue. One thing I will say, I did kind of do one sort of dumb thing for a little while until I realized that I didn't have to, which is... um. I was really picky about how much fuel I would buy because, you know, I would I I would I would upgrade my ship and then buy however however much fuel I thought I needed to kind of go a little bit farther out to a little bit farther star system. And maybe I'd buy a little bit extra fuel just in case, you know, I estimated it wrong. And then I would get out there and be like, oh, well, I'd like to go to this other one that's close by here too, but I didn't quite have enough fuel to do it. So I just had to go back home instead after I kind of... More or less looted that star system. What you should do is once you're any given time that you're upgrading your ship, you should, once you get whatever upgrade you want, buy as much fuel as you can afford. Just blow all of your money on fuel. Because you can always sell fuel back. And I didn't think about that. So if you buy way too much fuel, it doesn't matter. You're not wasting the money. You just get back. Then sell it all back, upgrade your ship however you want. Then max out on fuel again and rinse and repeat. So that way you know you always have as much fuel as you could have. Sure. So if you you know if you see another uh, another star system nearby that you think you want to check out, you can go to it. You don't have to worry about not having enough fuel to get back home. Uh, Because then you're 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 kind of fucked. Um, While you're doing this, you are occasionally encountering other alien races. Sometimes they're friendly. Sometimes they're not there. They're in any range of friendliness. Sometimes they're super nice. Sometimes they're super mean and just attack you and they can be anything in between. Uh, if you get into battle with an alien race, then it's basically the battles are very tough. And for me, kind of annoying. Um, it's basically playing asteroids against another AI that's playing asteroids. But instead of playing, instead of shooting asteroids, you're shooting each other. Uh, Interesting, And you do have different weapons besides just, oh, I'm shooting a little you know pixel at somebody. Uh, but it's still basically the same thing where you're just rotating and trying to dodge their stuff and trying to shoot them or you're kind of flying around the screen. Early on, you're pretty weak in that regard. So you want to avoid yeah. fighting at, if at all possible. And then at some point you get a thing that will let you escape from battles. But it okay. takes like... 10 seconds and you just have to sit there. So you take a lot of damage while you're just waiting to escape. Uh, but still in some, in a lot of situations, especially early on, that's better than trying to fight. Cause you're just going to get fucked anyway. Um, so the fighting is a thumbs down from me. <laughs> what is cool is that the alien races are all really, really unique. And some of them are just kind of crazy. Like there's this one crazy looking bird species that has like super duper long, like, fingers and then there are this kind of there's like this blob like species there's like a crystal species there are a lot of they did a really good job of making a, a wide variety and some of them like not just the way they look but even like their mannerisms and the and like the their history and the things like just kind of the way they act in general is all kind of interesting um i, I they, they really did a good job of of creating cool races to encounter um But that's – so I probably put about five hours into this. And even though you have cool alien races and you're building up your ship and doing this kind of stuff, I was overall – I just kind of got to – I forced myself to play quite a bit of this because I Mm. had heard from so many people that it's so good after five hours I realized that I was that that's all I was doing I wasn't playing this because I wanted to I was playing this because I was forcing myself to because I, don't to. I yeah because I've heard it so good and then I realized this game just isn't for me because even though you're coming across all this cool stuff from time to time the bulk of the gameplay is just spending hours flying around to planets landing your rover on them and driving around and driving over mineral deposits. That is by far what you're going to, the most of what you're going to spend your time doing. Okay. Flying your ship, just kind of like maneuvering it around from planet to planet. Then once you, you know, loot a whole star system, either flying back home or flying to another star system, doing the same thing, rinse and repeat. And again, occasionally you come across an alien species. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, I'll, one thing that's really impressive about the game is the galaxy size. Like I said, I probably, I put about five hours into the game and I only covered a very small part of the galaxy. I probably, my estimate is that I probably covered 5%. Oh, wow. Of the galaxy in five hours. So there is a lot there just as far as this sheer size of the open world. Um, but yeah, I just try, I, tr- I tried giving it chance after chance. I, I got to the point where I really wasn't having fun. But I was like, I'm just gonna power on through this because I'm gonna get to where it's good. And I, for me, I never ended up really having fun with it, uh, which I'm sad because I I don't want to just talk shit about this game. Clearly, mm-hmm. everybody loves it for a reason. It does have plenty of good things about it, particularly the races that you encounter and that kind of stuff. But for me, just the Bulk of the gameplay itself did not. It wasn't calling to me. One thing, one other thing I will say, if you play this game, you have to write everything down. If you come across an alien species that says, Oh, make sure you check out this planet at uh, coordinates four fifty uh 27. You got to write that down. Cause it's not, you know, this is, this is an old game. This isn't a new game where it saves it, you know, okay. somewhere for you in a journal or something like that, which what you know, and I'm not talking about, I, I wish it did but it doesn't because it's an old game. You have to write things like that. It'll say sometimes it'll say, "Oh, ch- try to check out the planet in this system." You got to write that down. Anytime it says something specific that you need to do or find or go look at or anything like that, you absolutely have to write it down because there's no way to ever get that information back. You just have to, you know, you have okay. to put your you have to put yourself back in 1992 and think, "Okay, no, not I need, again. I need to have <laughs> I need to have my pen and paper ready for this, so I can write down the things that 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 the other that the other like NPCs tell me and stuff like that. So, unfortunately, I I I just I'm not gonna say it's not a good game because I can see why people like it. Uh, it does have a really lo- a whole lot of creativity. Like I said, the, the sheer size of the game is really impressive. I just didn't enjoy it. All right, Jay, we're done with the first half of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why don't we take a quick break? Okay. We'll come back better than ever. As always. If you know what I'm saying. Well, if that's it, I guess it's time for our four <laughs> top five lists. Um, if you're good with that, let's... um. Why don't we start off with the one that was originally planned. In other words, we'll save our end of the year top fives for last. We'll start with the other one. So the first top five we have for tonight is uh, games that you want to hate, but can't deny that you like. Jay, what's your number five?
1: Uh, My number five is going to be Guitar Hero. These games are addictingly fun, and anytime I get my hands on it, I can I love playing them. But <laughs> I just despise the concept of it and how freaking stupid you look with the plastic, <laughs> just play school looking guitar. And just the whole aesthetic of it just looks ridiculous. It's very fun, and I love the the rhythm aspect of it because I, I don't have a lot of rhythm myself, mm-hmm. and it is fun to like practice doing it, especially if it's music that you like. But oh God, it's just like as a as a whole, it's like one of the things that I, it's one of the things I would never openly admit <laughs> to, like if I was trying to impress somebody, type
0: of thing. Right, right. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, and I, I think I should mention, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way. This is kind of a stupid concept, and I don't yeah, truly, I don't truly wish that I hated these games. Yeah. But in the spirit of, the, I, one of our, uh, Sven wrote this and I was like, that's kind of a good idea. Games that you just don't have any excuse for liking and you could you kind of wish you could say, yeah, I don't like that game, but you just do. Even though it, even though it's stupid.
1: And it could be for a variety of reasons too, because I have some other reasons for some of my other ones on here, other okay. than just like, I don't want to like it, that there's <laughs> right? exterior motivators, I guess.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, my number five is Fishing Derby for the Atari 2600. Yeah. Uh, and... Again, I don't really wish I hated this because there's nothing really to hate about it. But there's also nothing really to like about it. But I just do like it anyways. All you are is a guy sitting on the side of a dock, and like any, just about just about any Atari screen, it is one Atari game. It is it is a one screen game. All that's there is water and your fishing line, and there are fish swimming around and a shark swimming around, and you just try to lower your line and catch the fish and pull it up without the shark eating it. Extremely simple game. Um the only reason I really like it is cuz I used to play it with my dad a lot when I was little whenever we would go yeah. to my grandmother's house
1: sentimental value Yeah
0: so it's like purely sentimental value so it, and it, and the game itself somehow even I think I think I could be this could just be my sentimentality still but I think it still does kind of have its own little bit of charm just in like how like innocent and simplistic it is it's like oh yeah you're just a little fishing guy just having fun you know you're doing a fishing derby um so, maybe there's a little bit of something there, but overall, I mean, there's nothing to this game, just about at all. You're just, kept, you know, lowering the line to where a f- fish gets it, and then as you pull them up, you got to make sure the shark doesn't, doesn't eat it. Alright, next up. Uh, my number four is
1: Populous. This is a bullfrog game. I've, I've talked. I talked very highly of this game a few times when I've played it for the podcast. It's an old school sort of RTS. Um, the reason it's on my list is because it is a very simplistic RTS that really doesn't have a lot of depth and strategy to it. But I always go back to playing, it and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, the story of the aesthetics of it, some of the voice acting is kind of cool, and, and the level design is pretty fun. But it's one of those really simplistic RTSs. It's kind of like a roller coaster ride. There's very little you can do to really impact whether or not you're going to succeed or fail because there's not really depth in the mechanics. I love playing it and I I play, I play it, you know, once every year, every two years.
0: Awesome. Okay. My number four is Dr. 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 Robotnik's mean bean machine. Mm. Uh, There's really not much that I have to say. That's bad about this game. Other than it's a Sonic based game and it's a Tetris like game. And I don't like either of those things. But for some reason, I like this one, so I'm just gonna say that I wish I didn't like it, even though I still kind of had fun with it. It's it's a, it's one of the few Tetris-like games that I actually have really enjoyed playing. I don't really know why, but um,
1: I hate saying that phrase. This game I like. I don't know why. Yeah, I I,
0: I, do, I do too. It's it's really a cop out, honestly. <laughs> yeah,
1: because you're like, make more games that I like. What do you like? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, there we go. Doctor Robotnik's being mean machine. Mean Bean Machine. All right, number three.
1: Uh, my number three is Animal Crossing. So another game that that is very simplistic in terms of the overall mechanics. This is the, the old, the original one, by the way, the one that came out like two thousand for GameCube. Right. Um, it's a fun game. It's a very simplistic game, but it's like there's not a lot of depth or strategy to it. Again, it's one of those games you can basically AFK your way through it. And I never understand why I just get completely absorbed into it for like a short little stint, and then I kind of get burned out on it again. But my initial playthrough was such a fun time that I usually try to go back and recapture that that idea, and it just never works out. I end up just like getting burned out after doing a little bit of grinding or a little bit of X, Y, Z, one, two, three, four. Oh, do you? Um, yeah, the mechanics are pretty straightforward, and there's there's kind of a, a limit on how much you can do each day, and it, it's a lot of it is calendar based. There's like certain events that happen on certain holidays, um, so there's there's a, a very strict limit on how fast you can progress on things and how fast you can interact with certain mechanics uh, because. Obviously, they um certain things aren't available. So, okay, yeah.
0: My next one is another Sonic game. Wow, Sonic Spinball.
1: Oh, I remember that game. Wow.
0: Yeah, as I said, I don't like Sonic. I also don't like pinball, but Put I do the two like together. Boom! <laughs> Put them together is a match made in heaven somehow because yeah. Sonic Spinball is really a pretty good game. Um. I, I played it a, a long time ago on the podcast. I was like, you know, this actually wasn't bad. And then when I got the Sega Genesis Mini a few months ago, I played this for a couple hours. And uh, it's a really fun game. It's like they did a really good job with it because it's not just a pinball game based on Sonic, which is what you might think or what you might expect. Um, you actually... So Sonic is the pinball, but you also control him directly. So what that means is you're you're knocking him around with the paddles and stuff, but you can also kind of influence which direction he goes a little bit. So if he's going, if you hit him towards one direction, you can hold left or right, and he'll go, he'll you know veer a little bit in the left or right direction. Just, just as it would, it it might sound really awkward, but it's really not. It's just like in any game, if any character is jumping or falling, and you know you can press left and right to to adjust their path, it's just like that. It works just the same way. And then there are a few cases where he might like land on a platform somewhere and he actually walks around for a second. You can control where he goes. You're like, I'm gonna go this way or that way. And it might take you to a different section of that level. Uh, but like they do a really good job with it. Cause there's stuff like that. There's really cool stuff. The level designs, they all look really cool. And there are, and there are multiple levels. It's not just a pinball machine. It's like, there's a pinball machine, and it might have three or four different sections where you you hit it in one thing, and then it goes to this whole other thing where it's like it's got its own part of the pinball machine with its own paddles and stuff. And then once you complete a f- like a few objectives, like you know get these crystals or whatever, then it's a whole other level with a whole new machine with its whole different areas. They really kind of went all out and did a honestly, sort of fantastic job with this game. Wow. All right, number two.
1: My number two, um, this is kind of a broad one. This is kind of a a cheeky little uh, idea, but not idea, but this is any old school Blizzard game. So Uh, this, this, (laughs) hear me (laughs) out. Is it because it's Blizzard? It is, but it's, it's more than just because it's Blizzard. It's not just the morality piece of it. It's more of Blizzard continuously, they... More recently, their their strategy has been, hey, we're not making anything that people really like anymore, so we're going to keep recreating old stuff to try to spark your interest in those older titles so that we can sell you newer stuff. Uh-huh. And I found this to be a prime example recently when I was trying to buy Warcraft 3. Warcraft 3, I wanted to buy, and I wanted to play some of the original use map settings types games, which is like the custom games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like where Dota came from, et cetera. Um, you can't buy it anymore. So what you have to do is you have to pre-order their reforged system, their reforged version of it for $30 in order to play the old one right now, Aww. which is insane. And I have a copy of it. I just don't have my CD key anymore, but it's built into my battle net, but I still can't access it because I need my CD key in order to authenticate it, which is asinine. So the reason I put this on my list is the old, old school Blizzard games give you such a spark of hope for what they can do in the current. And every single time I get burned by it, it's like, hey, Classic WoW was a pretty, pretty solid product. Maybe there are newer, newer versions of Wild will be great. Nope. Absolute dog shit. Hey, Brood War is still a really great game. I, I actually played some melee versions of uh, Brood War the last couple of weeks and I had a lot of fun with it. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should play uh, StarCraft II again. Nope. Complete utter mistake. It's just, it, it's really frustrating for me because there are so many old school Blizzard titles that are so good because at that time they're producing such high quality content oh, yeah. that now when you look at anything for the future, it's just like, it gives you such a false hope. And it's so frustrating, uh, you know, as a consumer of, of Blizzard products to, just kind of get baited and switched like that.
0: Right. So, th- yeah, that's a good one. I didn't really think about just Blizzard makes me not want to <laughs> like their games. Yeah, yeah it's kind
1: of a cheeky one, but it's just, like, it's so frustrating. It, it really is for me. It's just, uh, I don't know. Companies like Blizzard really frustrate me.
0: And that's especially rough for you because, like, WoW is your favorite game ever, basically, yeah. right?
1: Probably, yeah. yeah. Out there for sure.
0: Okay, my number two is Star Wars Episode One Racer. There's no reason I should like this game. There's no reason it should have been good. It's based on Star Wars Episode One. It's based on pod racing. I'm doing it! <laughs> it's working! It's working! Now that's what I call pod racing. <laughs> but uh and it's been years since I've played this but I just remember playing this I, uh, I believe on an N64 and being like wow I really like this game and just like I, I played this I don't remember a whole lot about it but I just remember playing it a lot over one <laughs> summer and really liking it and I don't even know if it's generally considered a, to be a good game I might look it up in a second but
1: um you're gonna be horrified people are like this game's absolute shit everybody likes this I should beat them up you're like
0: oh shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, there's, it really doesn't sound like it should be a good game. Okay. It's got apparently nine out of 10 on steam. So, uh, I guess, I guess a lot of people do You're not alone. Then. Yeah. I guess a lot of people do like it. Um, even though again, nobody likes star Wars run. It's one It's based on Potter racing, all this stuff. There's no, it shouldn't have ended up being good, but it, but it kind of is. Cool. Yeah. All right.
1: All right. My number one, and this came from my recent basic playthrough of a game I actually played for the podcast. This is um, another broad kind of concept, but this is Pokemon games in general. Um, So hear me out again, because I know, obviously, a lot of people really love Pokemon. And I, myself, talked very positive about a variety of Pokemon games. But generally, Pokemon is a very simple concept of you're basically getting a, um, you know, something to partner with you and you're roaming around and you're just farming mobs as you go through this game. It's a very simplistic style, especially the early ones. There's not really much you can do in order to dictate... um, There's very limited strategy. I don't want to say there's nothing you can do, but there's very limited strategy in it. So, for me, it's, it's kind of frustrating because there's only so much you can do. Basically, if you go into a fight and you have the elemental advantage, meaning your fire, their grass, um, you do very well generally, right? And if the opposite happens, you're going to struggle quite a bit or possibly lose just based on that single fact. Uh-huh. So for the old school ones in particular, I know in the newer ones they added more features to the game. They made it a little more complex um, that helped to ultimately make it a more well well rounded game. But what I, what I'm trying to say is it's a very simple concept that is very addicting and fun. But after a while you kind of get the you get the general gist of it down, and it's kind of kind of like okay, it's kind of like populous. Like after a while you're just kind of like okay, it's fun, but it's not. You know the best thing ever made, and it can be kind of frustrating in that regard. So hmm. um, I don't hate Pokemon games necessarily, but god damn, they're addicting for the weirdest kind of
0: reason. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you're the only one,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, they just made another one that's going to make them. Uh, it's the most grossing franchise of all time, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's just it's obscene. I mean, it's just oh god, it's crazy. But I will say, nuzlocks are very fun. The uh, ones where if you die, you die.
0: Oh, uh, you love those nuzlocks.
1: I like things that add a little bit more risk to it. <clears throat>
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, no. It, it, it sounds like a really cool way to play that game.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, my number one is she got. not just because it's Blizzard, although now that you said oh. that, I'm like, oh yeah, that too. Diablo one. I really liked this game when we played it uh, on, yeah. for the game of the quarter. And Very it, simple concept, right? Extremely simple, and that and this is why never really played and i not, even when i played diablo 2 recently i really didn't care for it too much but like i remember back when diablo 2 came out and i was like asking a friend about it i'm like so what's fun about it and he just says oh you will you're fighting bad guys and then you get better gear and you get stronger gear and you build up your character and fight stronger bad guys i was like well, that didn't like so what why is yeah, that fun you just list off an rpg <laughs> <laughs> um and yes, I understand that there are reasons that that is fun. But at the same time, gameplay almost couldn't be. The gameplay is very, very simplistic. Mm-hmm. You're just clicking. You're just. It
1: hurts your hand. Clicking
0: over and over. And even for me, I played a character that kind of maximizes that the, the Archer.
1: Ranger, yeah.
0: Yeah, the Ranger. And so. Um, I didn't pick, like, a class that I had to think uh, at all with. I was like, no, I'm just going to do the basic Ranger class and just just go for it. Why not? I don't know. And it was... uh, And I still enjoyed it, even though, like, it's the... The Ranger is, out of all of them, maybe, the most clickish one that you just click on things over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, I probably, like, used up a year's life of my mouse playing the game (laughs) just on one playthrough. But for some reason I had fun. I was like, you know what? I, I get it kind of, I, I don't really understand why I'm having fun, but this is kind of fun. And, uh, and I wish it wasn't because <laughs> there's no reason this should be fun. I'm just clicking on bad guys, getting more powerful to click on more powerful bad guys, rinsing and repeating for, I don't know, eight hours of gameplay, but I enjoyed it the whole time.
1: That's funny. That's a good one. It, it is an addicting playstyle or addicting playthrough. Right? It's just such a simple concept that's executed quite well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there's our first of our top five lists for this evening. Ooh. Boom, we're nailing it so far. Uh, let's just let's just keep rolling if you're good to go. Yeah, sure. Uh, what would you yeah, like sure. to do less? next? We have top five worst games we played for the podcast, best that we had played, and best that we had not played. So I will say my
1: worst list is very short because I there were only a couple games or excuse me no the ones that i hadn't played the ones that i hadn't played before that list was really short for me um because there were only a few games that i had not played for the year so um i'm fine with doing it any order whatever you think would, would go the best flow i guess is kind of the best way
0: to go about it let's do this let's say let's do the the ones that we had not played even if yours is short that's i think the kind of the most interesting one let's save that for last and for first let's do i kind of also really like the worst game so let's do that second maybe for the first one, let's do the top five games that we played for the podcast this year that we had played before. Okay. All right, I'll go first this time. My number five is John Madden Football for Super Nintendo. I mean, it's a killer game. The, obviously, you don't have to talk about how famous the Madden series is. Um, but this is this being you know, one of the very first ones, I think the first one may have been the Genesis one and then this was the next one after that. Even given how old it is, it's still a fantastic game. It plays really well. The frame rate's pretty rough, but honestly, that's about it. It's still a really fun game, just a really fun basic football game to play.
1: Cool. Uh, My number five for best of the year that I had played before was Final Fantasy IX. Um, I was majorly impressed with how good this game was again there are a lot of games that that we have done throughout the podcast where i go back and play and i'm like holy shit like what was i thinking or it's it's a good game but it's not as great as i remember it to be this game actually went the opposite direction this game I, i remembered it worse than it actually was the, the the fighting style it has a nice refreshing touch to it it's not obviously amazing compared to you know you can, you can only do so much with turn-based right but the turn-based feels a, like it has a little bit extra little little bit extra salt and pepper on it that makes it a little bit more enjoyable um i love the story of it some of it is very young and cartoony but at the same time i feel like the characters have strong enough personalities to where they draw you in and they don't feel like stock jrpg characters which is great mm-hmm. um they obviously use some tropes based on the visual elements of the characters but i did enjoy the character development for the most part minus a few of the love stories and some of the more obvious uh, pieces of it uh the overall graphics are fun they're they're more updated obviously than final fantasy 7 and final fantasy 8 but it's a nice cartoony style to it it has it has its own uniqueness to it that that really drew me in so I greatly enjoyed this game much more than I expected to do. So you know, after obviously playing it a few times for the podcast,
0: cool. or just in general, I guess. All right. My number four NBA live 96. Um, it, I used to really love this game when I was little, my friend, uh, one of my friends and I played it all the time and it holds up extremely well. It's just kind of an overall really well-rounded, really well done NBA basketball game. And, uh, it's it's great.
1: Is that two sports games back-to-back? It is. It's two sports Look games. At Look that? at you
0: being diverse. <laughs> All right, number four?
1: Uh, my number four is Paper Mario a Thousand Year Door. So I, ha- I played this game briefly before uh, for the podcast, or maybe not even for the podcast. I think Lisa may have been playing it. And I really enjoyed my playthrough. And again, I- this is, um, for me, this is kind of a sleeper. This game this game series as a whole, I greatly enjoy it. I don't know what it is about it. It really draws me in. I don't know if it's the, the graphic style. I don't know if it's the 2D paper element. Um, I love the the combat style, because it's like that uh, Mario Super Mario RPG kind of uh, fighting style with some more-, more elements added to it, which is great. So, this game greatly impressed me. I really enjoyed uh, playing through it again this time, or at least as far as I got. Um, and I will probably end up beating this game at some point in my life. But I greatly, greatly enjoyed my playthrough this time.
0: Hell yeah. That's cool.
1: Or playing, I guess, not playthrough.
0: All right. Um, my number three. You ready for another sports game? Wow. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. Uh, yep. <laughs> this the is the one you
1: said it's considered to be the best baseball game of all time, right? Or-
0: By a lot of people. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay it is just an awesome game and it's just cartoony enough to have like a, like a real, like a little bit of silliness to it. But gameplay wise, it still is like, you know, just, it's like pretty basic and and just fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, base. I I really like video game baseball games and this is, again, this is one of the best ones. I won't go into a full review of it of why you can go check out that episode. I think you've uh, talked about it a few times too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's an awesome game and, uh, I hadn't played it in a while before I played it uh, for the podcast. I mean, I had definitely played it plenty, but it's been a long time. And when I played it for the podcast this year, I was just like, damn, yep, this is exactly why I love this game. Wow. All right, Jay, number so,
1: two. Uh, no, it's number three for me.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Um,
1: In honor of Luigi's Mansion three coming out, obviously I played uh, Luigi's Mansion this year, and this
0: game similar to Final
1: Fantasy nine was better than I remembered again. It it is. (laughs) I have played through Luigi's Mansion a bunch of times. So my brother and I actually played. We did sort of a speed run. We competed with each other. We finished within like fifteen minutes of each other or something. Uh, But we were just having a lot of fun with it. And my God, it it rejuvenated my interest in that series. That so much that I bought the third one. Um, It is a very simple game. It, It it does it knows what it does well. And it doesn't try to do anything beyond that. And it's very fun. The the combat style can be a little bit tedious and frustrating at times, but it's enjoyable enough to keep you going. And certain elements of the game are pretty exciting. And the overall concept of just trying to do extremely well is very fun. So, um, great game, great series. Loving the third one so far.
0: Oh, you are liking it?
1: Yeah, it's very fun.
0: I've heard lots of good things about it.
1: It's it's very similar to the first one, which I love. They're just like okay, okay, first one with some updates. Perfect. I've heard. You got me. I've heard that
0: it's also not as repetitive as like it kind of gets rid of all the repetitive parts that were in the first one and the one on 3ds.
1: Uh there are certain things that are a little repetitive. I I don't know if that's a full true statement, but okay. it's there. I, I I think I know what people are talking about, and I generally agree with that. But um, yeah, there's some there's some fun repetitive things you can do. All right.
0: Um, my number uh, my number two. We're out of we're out of the sports territory now. Oh. The second best game I played for the podcast this year that I had played before, Thunder Force 3. Holy hell, is this a badass game. This is a shoot up side-scrolling, space shoot-em-up, and it is just fucking awesome. It is killer. The graphics are amazing for a Sega Genesis game. There, you get badass weapons that fill up just about the whole damn screen. The bad guys look cool. The backgrounds look amazing. All the levels look cool. And the gameplay is tight. The controls feel perfect. You're just... It's, it's everything that a shoot 'em up should be. I freaking love this game. I I don't know if you remember, but this was, I was talking about this when I got, this was, this is on the Sega Genesis mini. And so I talked about this, uh, on the episode, you know, that I had played that for when I, when I received it and I beat this whole game. It's, It's tough, but I beat the whole game using save states. The, the day that I got the Sega Genesis mini, and then the next day I played it some more. It's that damn good.
1: That's crazy. I recommend How much time it. How do you think you totally totally put into it?
0: Um, not you know using save states obviously saved me a bunch of time of having to just restart <laughs> over and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I'd say four hours. Okay. Uh, including a play, Yeah, including that's including playing it you know more after I beat it. I I probably probably took me three hours or so to beat it the first time, and then I played it for another hour the next day. You know, roughly give gotcha. or take. Um, <clears> one. <throat> One, uh, one thing that I'll just say real fast about it is that a really cool thing that it does is that it lets you choose which level you start off on. So, you know, back in the day when you were playing this game, obviously you didn't have save states. So that means you didn't just play the same level over and over and over again and die and start over. If you're, if you die and you lose all your continues, then yeah, you start over, but you can start over at a different level and then just loop through the rest of them. So, uh, that, that was a really cool thing that they did.
1: That's kind of cool. It's a unique little additive to it.
0: Yeah. Okay, your number right. two. Uh, my number two, uh,
1: not surprisingly, Majora's Mask. Uh, Majora's Mask oh, again yeah. after my playthrough uh, this year was just incredible. It's still, I still love a lot of the story elements to it. I've, I've talked about this game a million times. Gameplay is still very fun. I love the puzzles. I love just going through this game and just experiencing it. Um, it is just such a well-developed environment, and I, this is another one of those games that I'll probably play a few times. Or, excuse me, every few years. At most, just because it's such a fun game. And they keep remaking it, too, which is the worst, because they're going to keep doing that. And I'm going to probably buy it. That, <laughs> yep. It's so fun.
0: So That's but, how I am with Street Fighter 2.
1: <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but yeah, very, very fun. Um, Great title. And yeah.
0: Hell yeah. All right. My number one for this list is motherfucking Doom. Oh, man. <laughs> This game fucking holds up. Yeah, I mean, sure, there are things that you can... Point to that's like oh I wish it, you know game uh, first person shooters have gotten so much better in this or that regard okay fine but this game is fucking fun and it's <laughs> it's cool and there are and the level design is awesome and you got and you get to kill demons with shotguns and it's fast paced and it's challenging this game I was so surprised I. I I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself just an enormous Doom fan. You know, there are like some diehard Doom fans out there. I'm sure. definitely, I definitely would not say that I'm one of those. When I played it, yes, I did like the game when it came out when I was younger. When I played it, I haven't played it since then. When I was went to play it for the podcast, I was like, you know, I'll probably end up putting a, a few out, you know, two or three hours into this and then be ready to move on. But no, I beat the whole fucking theme because I was having that much fun with it. It is <laughs> so damn good.
1: That's crazy. I do remember you talking very positively about it when you played it.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, um, you're number one. My
1: number one, probably not a major surprise to everybody. Every time I pick up this title, I pump 30 hours into it, get towards the end of the game, and then ultimately fall off. Uh, this is a game that I have played through a bunch of different times. I've played with mods. Um, i played a bunch of different versions of the game, different titles within the series. Um, this is Oblivion for, for the Elder oh, Scrolls series. Oh, okay. Yeah, every time, every time I get, like, (laughs) me me and Hunter, this last time, we both played, I forget what we did. I think we played on, like, a really hard difficulty, or we did, like, a random class assignment, similar to, like, the Nuzlocke concept. We did something to to add a little bit of extra challenge to it, and, man, we dumped so much time into it. We were strategizing, oh, I think we picked each other's classes or something is what we did. But regardless, it was a very fun experience, and it it just took this world, which, you know, Oblivion has sort of cookie-cutter elements. There's There's a general path you have to follow as opposed to the newer... Uh, installment like skyrim but it's not a bad thing it, it, it's a nice little touch that it has, it has some nice training wheels uh, to it that makes it kind of fun to get your character off the ground and then ultimately you can decide which path you want to take it Because cool. so obviously it's a an rpg style but um yeah i really enjoyed my playthrough of this this time and when i pump 25 30 30 hours into a game i'm having fun like, like you were talking about earlier i'm not going to force myself to play a game for that long yeah yeah and not like lose it you know what i mean right you're
0: not just in it just <laughs> you're not yeah, just committed exactly. at all costs Okay, yeah. killer list one. I, I one that I want to just note, kind of as an honorable mention. I didn't count this in my list because uh, it's technically a remaster, so it's not the original game itself. And also, okay. um, well, no, I'm sorry, that's the, that's the only reason. Yeah, because it's just a remaster of a game that I played before. But Ducktales remastered. I don't know if you remember me gushing <laughs> about that game, but holy hey, shit, yeah. that was. Yeah,
1: I remember surprisingly. I remember you said talking about that. Yeah it. yeah, it
0: was. They did such an amazing job with that, and uh, it was so much fun. But it's 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 not actually an old game that I played before. It's a remaster of an old game, so I don't necessarily count it, but damn, it was good. Next top five, the top five worst games that we played for the podcast this year.
1: This is the one I have a very short list for, so
0: just a heads up. Oh, the, okay, so the worst one is the one that you had a short yeah, list for. Yeah, okay, gotcha. I have
1: a very short list for.
0: Okay, um, then, okay, how many do you have? Two. Two, wow. Okay, then I will start us off. I'll do my first few, and then we'll do the last two together. Uh, My number five, worst game I played for the podcast this year, Beat'em and Eat'em. You remember Beat'em, Eat'em and Eat'em, do Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I was trying to to picture it in my mind. Beat'em and Eat'em. I remember the name.
0: (laughs) This is an Atari game where there's a dude standing on top of a building... Oh, this one! Yeah, forth, this is so off. weird. Yeah, <laughs> and you play a naked woman standing at the bottom of the building trying to catch. Uh, Wasn't that box the semen this? In her mouth, and she's naked. Uh, the box art was kind of weird. I don't. I wouldn't call it atrocious, but it, I mean, you can just look it up. It, it's. I wouldn't know I wouldn't say there was much. It's like a girl eating an ice cream cone or something on the box art. The art was a little bit awkward, but no, I, I wouldn't say it was there was anything Not notably sure. terrible about the box art itself. Uh, my number four is pro wrestling uh, on the NES. This was even for an NES game, very simplistic and also very confusing. Where I didn't, I couldn't really tell how much control I had over anything at any given point, um, and just very boring and repetitive game. My number three is uh, Daikatana. Oh, yeah. This was the one we played when we thought it would be fun to do a uh, game of the quarter for a uh, on a terrible game. And I'm uh, so
1: sorry. I'm so sorry. I have four for this one. It's the other one the not played. One. I was like, wait, I thought I had more. <laughs> that's what I'm I sorry. thought I was, you I was, said. I have my list next to each other, and I just, I just got confused. So I was like, looking, and I'm like, that's not two. That's four. I'm sorry. I have four. <laughs> that's
0: this not this two. So okay. I'm going to cool. screw everything up. I was go so Daikatana. That's the one that John Romero made. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's famous for Doom. Oh, I remember that game. Don't worry, you remember it. And uh, Daikatana came out, and it became a famous meme. Meme, yeah, just for being that a terrible game. My, I was, I was go. I went back and listened to this episode today, where we were talking about this, um, just out of curiosity. I wanted to like mm-hmm. refresh my memory and all the bad things about it. My favorite thing about our discussion was your description of the loading sound. That happens anytime a level loads. Mm-hmm. You, this is what you said it sounded like.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just banged on I mean, something metal. <laughs> That's it was exactly... so accurate. like It was such a stupid design. <laughs> like, oh, God.
0: Yeah, no, it was perfectly accurate. It was awesome. Uh, every time you load. Ding, 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 ding. For no reason. <laughs> and it lasts oh, like can... 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah,
1: you would think it would load like instantaneous. You know what I mean? Like on our what we have today but no right no
0: yeah and i th- and i'm pretty sure and i mentioned this on that episode I- i'm fairly certain that it's not actually taking that long to load but that's just the animation that it has to finish going through mm-hmm. because every single time it it did the same, it did like it took the exact same amount of time just to, however long it was for it to hit all the make all the middle hit noises as the bar loaded. Yeah. <laughs> okay all right let's back up then and do your number four worst game that you played for the podcast sure. <laughs>
1: My number four uh, was Pikmin 2, actually. So Pikmin, I love playing Pikmin 1 again. It's another game that I played. Yeah, pretty... I I play periodically Pikmin 1 is such a fun game to play through 100% at this time very quickly yeah. and had a lot of fun with it Pikmin 2 is just so it, it's not that it's a terrible game it's just that it's such a disappointment for me coming from the first one because the first game is so fun and such an enjoyable experience that going into six, the second one I really didn't like the additive mechanics they brought to it to try and give it a little bit more spice to it I just I thought overall it was just kind of a, a miss in my book and I know a lot of people really really like this game I think it has pretty good reviews online as well but I just It just does not do it for me, and I I heard the multiplayer is pretty fun for it, but just the overall story mode, I I got really just burned out on it very very quickly, and it was just such a disappointment. You know, it's like the first one is so fun, and then you hear the second one's good, and you play it, and you're like, this is just not for me. So it it was a rough one for me.
0: Yeah, um, I remember you not liking it. Yeah. I don't know that you really disliked it this much.
1: I don't hate it. It's just such a disappointment. You, you know, it's like... It, that's the best way I can word it. It's not the worst game I've ever played, but damn, was it a disappointment after playing the first one again.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um. All right, you're, what's your number three then?
1: Uh, my number three is Total Annihilation. This is the game we did, I think, for the really? last quarter. Yeah, I thought this was such a subpar RTS, and <laughs> a lot of people talked it up. I played it a little bit more after you and I spent some time on it, and I just couldn't get it. I don't know if I'm just not... And I'm not going to insult myself. I I didn't think it it was that fun. And I thought the overall RTS mechanics that they did, the resource management was interesting, but it just did not do anything for me and it didn't draw me in at all. And I really like RTSs, especially ones that are complex, ones that draw you in and start making you think about different strategies, especially ones that when you're laying in bed, that's what you're thinking about. Those are the kind of RTSs that I enjoy is where I'm driving to work and I'm thinking like, oh, I could have done this differently or, oh, I should try this build or this sounds interesting or these units are fun. That game just fell flat for me and it just... I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. So,
0: okay. Um, my number. We're on two now, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, number two. Spellcasting one hundred and one. Sorcerers get all the girls. fucking uh, title. <laughs> it's just. This is a primarily text-based uh, adventure game. Okay. And um, you're this guy who's basically learning to be a wizard, but you're also going through these things and like going to wizard school and then going off. And I don't even remember what you're all, you're seducing women occasionally and then like getting lost on islands and trying to figure out how to get off. And uh, so to speak, bazing. And <laughs> then you, <laughs> then you get to this point in the game where you're on this Island and it becomes impossible. If you didn't have a walkthrough, like I almost have a hard time believing, even having played the game, I have a hard time believing how ridiculous the puzzles get. Yeah. Um, I won't go into detail. You can come back and listen to that episode, but you just hit a wall where the puzzles are. I don't believe there's any, pu- As I know this is, this is kind of maybe a far fetched statement, but I truly don't believe that there's ever been anybody who, has ever been able to beat this game without using a walkthrough of some kind. Jeez. I don't see how it's possible.
1: That's Uh, a, that's a good insult. I like that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Number, what's your number two now? Yep. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, number two for me is Daikatana. I mean, no surprises here. This this had to be on the list. This game was freaking atrocious. Like You warned you warned me going into it that it was going to be a bad game, but holy shit, it's not only bad, but it's like just future. Like, there's just so many things wrong with it. There's very few things that it does even remotely well. Really? And it's just... Oh, yeah, that game was just a grind for me to try and play. Oh. I tried multiple sit-downs of it, trying to do a, a bunch of different things with it. Not a bunch of different things with it, but I, I tried a few different playthroughs and tried to... It, be open-minded in, in different aspects of it just no just absolutely dog do i ugh, you couldn't pay me to beat that game that game is so rough
0: <laughs> all right uh number one do you,
1: wait do you disagree or are you just are you're you're just like yeah i said i made my peace with it type of
0: thing no um i was trying to just roll with it and i okay. you no, no no you broke up for me, when you first said the game, or like I, I missed what Gator talking about, so I just tried flying. Oh, it out. Oh shit! Sorry. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, man, you're like very. I, I thought you were being reserved. Like, oh, I kind of like that game. Like, I was like, wait, didn't you just talk shit about this game? Like, two.
0: minutes Sorry, ago. I don't know if I got distracted or what, but I, I would listen to the whole thing except for the game title. You're and good. just you're try good. to. I was just laughing. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> um. No. Yeah. I. Yeah. Hundred percent. Daikatana. It's. It was. Bad, and I got farther than you did, even, and still, like, felt like it's just. I don't know how I got that far, and I still don't even know like how you got as far as you did because it's so bad.
1: I don't even know. I think it was just for the podcast. Like, I wanted to give it a real. I guess that's it. Same,
0: same here too. Yeah, but like, even still, we probably really did more than we should have. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, number one, I think anybody could have seen this one coming. For me, it's Shenmue. I just don't yeah, no have surprise. any. I don't have anything else to say. I've already <coughs> ranted about it Sorry. a couple episodes ago. Um, go back and listen to that one. There, the whole entire game is you going around and talking to people and then telling you to talk to somebody else and then telling you to talk to somebody else and then you having to wait in real time for, for time. Well, in four time, I guess, I don't know. You just having to sit there and wait for time to pass and then go talk to somebody else at a certain place. That's the whole game until you do um, forklift driving later on, which which ha- which gets mixed in with the walking around and talking to people. It's so bad. All right, Jay. What's the worst game you played for the podcast this year? Uh,
1: for me, without question, it's Mr. Mosquito. I, I thought this. Game oh was wow, so really? Freaking! It, it, <laughs> it's it is so out there. Maybe this shouldn't be my number one. Maybe this should be my number two. And Dead Katana should be one. Uh-huh. But the game is so weird, and I really don't like the pervy elements to it. Like I thought it was just, not the pervy elements, but the pervy element uh, that one okay. particular level was just so weird. To I, me. I think
0: no. I think there are multiple pervy elements yeah, there
1: are multiple. There are, you're right there, there are multiple like so even just
0: of- the set like even just the very first l- level it's kind of like subtly pervy it's like it's subtly kind of leafy, right? voyeuristic it's, it's just yeah. this, it's a uh i guess she's a teenage girl
1: oh she is a teenage girl for sure okay there's no way yeah. Lying around, well, at least in my
0: mind. I, and she's just lying in her bedroom and you're just there to like bugger, basically uh yeah
1: but like the whole game almost feels sexual to me. It's weird, like the the the, the way that they talk, and the, the, especially the some of the voice acting, especially that that girl does in particular with that first level, and just the overall mechanics of the game made it feel felt really weird for me.
0: Yeah, it I was one of those things I got
1: done playing, and I felt a little, I felt dirty. Like it, it just, it didn't make me feel good, and it, it was weird. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't make
0: have... me feel good.
1: Yeah, you know because like, I play games to feel good right like if I want to play something right. competitive and do well I play something against people yeah I just want to have a enjoyable experience it is that game I just felt like I should call the police and, and let them know what happened because it, <laughs> it was just so weird like I should be on some sort of list after playing Mr. Mosquito oh, that's it, it, good. it is just it's a unique title and I, I respect it for what it is but yeah you're not gonna catch me playing that again that was weird
0: I pretty much agree with everything you said I I didn't dislike it as much as you did I, I I, I too felt kind of creepy playing it uh, at many points. Yeah. But I did. I didn't think the gameplay was great, but I also didn't think the gameplay was terrible. So I, I wouldn't say. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't say the gameplay is terrible. The mechanics aren't awful. They're bad.
0: They're yeah. just not awful. Yeah. But
1: they're just. it. It's not enjoyable. It's not something that draws me in.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very, game. Very good. Uh. Let's go on and wrap up our final top five. The best, the top five games we played for the podcast this year that we had not played before. So this is the one that you only have two for correct and these are ones
1: that i briefly so unfortunately i don't play a lot of i only play a handful of titles that i've never played before usually each year um even though every year i'm going to change i'm never going to i'm just just me in a nutshell Uh, but even these games are games that i briefly played as a child or even spent some time watching other people play but these are ones that i like put a decent amount of time in to get a a stronger understanding
0: of okay so anyway all right so then i'll do the same thing i'll start off the first few of mine and then we'll get to yours, but this time, you're supposed to, <laughs> this time we're supposed to, um, my number five, I've not played before. Okay. This was, this is one of the games that was also on my, um, top five games that I want to hate list, but I don't. Um, cause I'm kind of with you. I will say also my list. I don't get too happy with this. Well, I say this is okay. Except for this one was a little bit of a stretch. Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Mm. Um, I really kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't play a ton of new games that I just absolutely um uh loved that that were mm. new that that I hadn't played before. There were there are definitely I'd say my my top 4 are very solid. This one was a little bit of a stretch and so uh yeah, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. It was definitely good. It, like I said, it feels like a little bit of a stretch to put it on here, but still it's uh you know it is what it is.
1: I think you're going again, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Number. By the way, are you on the Google Doc right now?
1: Yeah, I just logged in. Into oh, the...
0: thank God. I was just creeped the fuck out. I didn't know who oh, this new street I was just me. trying to get it prepped and everything. <laughs> I was just trying to be.
1: Okay. To um, I should have put a message in there like, hey, Rob, this Holy is your brother from, um, <laughs> brother
0: from the grave. My number four, brother from the grave, is Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Hmm. Yeah. Super awesome game. Now, I didn't get nearly as drawn into this as many people do. This has a cult following. People freaking love this game. Yep. Uh, it is a great game. I didn't get into it ne- half as much as the people who really like it do. But hey, When I, I
1: talked about it, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I still really did have fun with it. It's got a whole lot of cool stuff to it. And so this this was almost kind of a shoe in uh...
1: This is actually one that I almost put on my I wish I didn't like so much list. Uh, oh, because really? again, Why? it has very simple mechanics to it that at a certain that. point get very repetitive. They do for me. I mean, I got to the point where I knew cookie cutter the right things to do in order to be successful. Okay. And that to me, that gets a little, it gets a little bit boring because you're basically asleep at the wheel type thing. But um, I've heard that the later installments add some elements to it to spice it up, so. Okay. I didn't put it on there, but it was it was consideration.
0: All right. My number three is is also on my games that I want to hate, but I don't. Uh, Diablo 1. Oh, yeah. I really just I really liked that game. It was fun. I probably won't go back to it. It is pretty simplistic. There's not a whole lot to it. But yeah. for the time that I spent you know, one full playthrough, I beat the damn game, and I didn't have to. I, I really had fun with it.
1: If they made an arcade style of that where you could do different types of playthroughs for that, I would play the shit out of that. You know what I mean? Like if they added a little bit more depth, a little bit more variety to the dungeon.
0: Oh, okay, sure. I'm yeah. in
1: there. Yeah.
0: All right. So now we're into your territory. I'll, I'll yep. let me, I'll, I'll let you go second though this time. So I'll, so I'll do my number two, and then you do okay. your number two. We'll go on like that. Sounds like a plan, Stan. My number two favorite game that I played this year that I had not played before. I had actually played before for maybe thirty minutes or an hour, like twice in my life. So I don't really count as having played this game before. Uh, Final Fantasy 1 Man Yeah, you really
1: played that You've really played the crap out of that
0: Yeah, I really liked it I beat the game And I had a lot of fun I had more fun, really, than I thought And I don't even know I, I know the, what I liked about it I don't know why I liked those things about it so much But, wow, I really, really had fun with Final Fantasy 1, surprisingly
1: Yeah, How? what was your ultimate playthrough time? Was it like 20 hours or
0: so? It was like twenty three hours or something like that. Yeah. And My I f- first
1: playthrough was quite long. I wasn't really, pretty slow. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think I went a little slow too for a couple of reasons. Um, one is, well, I looked it up on, on how long to beat and supposedly a basic playthrough is supposed to be seventeen to eighteen hours. And also, as I, as I said, I beat the really hard kind of like optional. Not even optional, but it's like pseudo hidden semi boss that's supposed to be really impossible. But I beat him without like much trouble. So I really think that I was pretty over leveled. So I think I put a lot more time into it, or you know, I think I put about five more hours than average into it. I don't know why or how, but I ended up putting. I ended up playing. It took me longer than I think it takes than okay. it usually takes people.
1: It took me quite a while longer. Than. I think I was at like thirty something hours when I finished oh, wow. the first time. I was I was a kid though,
0: so. A little more okay all right what's your number two
1: my number two let me um uh, brace yourself because it's kind of surprising uh the star wars game that i played the last few weeks shadows of the empire i talked a lot of shit about this game mm-hmm. but i did enjoy half the levels because really? as i talked about during my review of it yeah because half the levels you're flying um crafts and the other half you're doing the rpg thing i thought the rpg thing was very subpar and kind of frustrating and poorly designed for the most part it just felt really buggy but the flying was pretty fun and it actually was pretty enticing um, I, I actually played for those levels in particular, and even after we did, or, or even after I did my review for the podcast, I even played a little bit further, um, even a little bit more, just for some of the, the space levels. You, you, you have the rogue squadron elements, you know, the, the basic ideas. Especially when you do like the Battle of Hoth, which is always a classic to be in any game where you're flying uh, spacecrafts in a Star Wars game. Um, you get to fly the Millennium Falcon, which is pretty fun. I felt like the that piece of it was was enjoyable enough for me to actually enjoy the overall experience, even though I had to play through these. Snorfest RPG levels that were just so poorly designed. Yeah. Or I guess third-person shooter. I guess that's what I should call it. It's a third-person shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. All right, my number one game that I played for the podcast this year that I had not played before, you're going to like this one, Gran Turismo 3. Really? You enjoyed it that much? Yeah, I mean... That's awesome. It was... You know, if if we're comparing this with all the games that I played for the podcast this year, I still enjoy Doom more, Um, probably even Thunder Force 3. So, and, and I wouldn't say that I absolutely fucking love this game. Like, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm kind of done with it now. I don't really see myself going back to it. But as far as just looking at the games that I played this year for the podcast that I had not played before, this one I, I really kind of takes the cake because... I really got into, you know, you and I would have calls oh, and yeah. just play this game for for like, there were a couple of weeks where we did that. And it was just fun just seeing how good you can do on the tracks, getting new cars and trying them out and nope. seeing how they feel and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a, I, I can see why it was such a famous game, why it was such a huge game when it came out. Cause they really like all the mechanics are, they just nailed it in this game.
1: Yeah, it's that, I, I like it more than the fourth one. It's kind of funny. I okay. really, really enjoy playing it. Um, it is the one that I always go to whenever I feel like playing Gran Turismo.
0: Yeah, I I, I I, believe it. All right, Jay, what's your favorite game that you hadn't played? Um, So this one, this is
1: one that I, I, I definitely spent some time on as a kid, but this was my first real solo playthrough of this game. Uh, this was Icewind Dale. This is obviously a very D&D-inspired type game. This is a, a an amazing game. The graphics are phenomenal. It's a top-down. Obviously, you're controlling a party of, of characters. I love the variety of play, uh, the play styles for the different characters. I love the character development. I love the interaction with the, the townsfolk and just people in general. Because obviously, you can build a good reputation. You can build a bad reputation. You can have a bad conversation with somebody that can ultimately lead to certain results. You can have a good conversation with that person, which can ultimately lead to new quests and new objectives and potentially even loot. This game is very fun. I love the sandboxy feel even though you are on some pretty strong rails. It still feels like you can make a lot of impact on how your overall playstyle is going to be. Uh, The mechanics of the game, it does take a little bit of time to get into, not quite as much as Rogue, but uh, it takes a little bit of understanding how the classes work, how to do certain mechanics, and how to use abilities. Mm -hmm. Once you get that down, it's a very, very enjoyable experience. Um, And I feel like you are ultimately in control of your success in this game across the board, even in fighting where you're generally doing things like fighting against somebody's AC or their armor class. So this is a phenomenal game. I'm still periodically going back and spending time on this. Um, It is just a really, really enjoyable RPG.
0: Yeah, I remember when you talked about this one, you made it sound really, really fun.
1: Yeah, the music's great too. The sound effects are fun. Um, the graphics are are really good. I mean, obviously you're a top-down view, but it, the, I think the graphics are phenomenal for what it is.
0: Hell yeah. One Hell yeah. one sort of honorable mention that I wanted to add to this list of mine as well is um, this is not a classic game, but it is Sigil, which is the Doom mod that came hmm. out this year. Uh, it's a mod for the original doom. We talked about this in the news section. John Romero just made it came out early this year. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's for, it goes, you know, you have to have the original doom to play it. Um, it is really, really, really good. They, he, he, mm-hmm. he did an awesome job with it. So that one, obviously I hadn't played it before because it didn't come out until this year. And that's also why it doesn't really count It's because it came out this year, but that would, that somehow belongs tangential to this list as well. Cause it was killer. Let's go. Jay, it's time for emails. Oh, my God. Can you handle? I don't know. All right. First one is from Tom. I'll take this one. Uh, subject line is new listener. Nice. Tom says, "Hey guys, apologies for this. We got this almost a month ago, by the way. That's that's oh man, that's how so long bad. it's been since we've uh, been doing had a new episode. So sorry, Tom, for taking so long, but uh, we're here now." Tom says, "Hey guys, apologize for the length before I even get going. I can be pretty fucking long winded. Sorry. No, this isn't. You must have not listened to many episodes yet because this is not even close." <laughs> Uh, so I don't even know if you guys still care about getting slash reading emails, but here we are anyway. I don't know this because as the subject probably gave away, I'm a new listener and I'm currently listening, I'm uh, sorry, and I'm listening to only episode 28 as I type this. Just as wow. some needless background on me, I'm a CNC operator in a machine shop where it is quite fucking loud all day. So I wear <laughs> hearing protection that I usually stream music through. Art. Yeah. Well, one day last week, I wasn't in a music mood, and someone I work with suggested a podcast. I listened to a handful of political-slash-news ones with my wife, but I've never really done the podcast thing and didn't even know where to begin. I've been a video game fan for as long as I can remember. I still own my original working Atari 2600. Nice. Um, I just lost my spot. Uh, So I opened up the podcast app, and the first thing I thought to search for was video games, and you guys were near the top of the list. Hell yeah. So I gave what it a listen. Yeah, exactly. So glad I did, as I'm clearly hooked. Twenty eight episodes in. Classic gaming was an essential part of my childhood and still is. So it was a good fit for me anyway. And the fact that these games were generally old when the episodes were recorded, it was easy to jump in at the beginning without worrying about uh, about shit being out of date or whatever. All three of you. Assuming you're all still doing this, I hope so. Oh rip! <laughs> oh no! I got some bad news for you, Tom are great fun to listen to and i love the varying looks at stuff as you're all into your own likes and dislikes of genres slash styles but still have enough in common with each other and myself that it feels like i'm listening to my own asshole i'm listening to my own asshole friends have retro game discussions threw me for a loop there not that you're assholes didn't mean it that way i love the top number lists and the i'm sorry i love the top number lists that touch on subjects all over the place i know this is ancient for you but i just heard the one about old game art tropes oh
2: <laughs> do,
0: you, no. do you remember that it was yeah, old thanks. game old game tropes that sucked but somehow in the episode we ended up calling it old game art tropes <laughs> that I forgot sucked about that. yeah and it was i forgot about that too And it was great. I love that it's the whole spectrum, PC console, handheld, whatever. I love that it's honest. If you guys like something you say you do and why, and if you think something is shit, you voice that opinion just as well. Even if it goes against a quote, common opinion of the game. Personally, we've
1: gotten better at that over time too.
0: In all seriousness, I think so. Yeah. Personally, I love the middle gear solid series. Hell yeah. But I absolutely respect someone being able to explain why they think it's shit. That's where you're wrong, Tom um in any case i'm at work and should probably like work but i just wanted to let you guys know i'm looking forward to the next 100 whatever episodes and hope it's still going strong hopefully you'll hear from me again when i get more caught up uh, and i can talk about whatever you're currently talking about and not stuff you did five years ago that's so <laughs> God, weird that that, that long. i know it's so weird that it's been that long so just keep up the awesome work i guess tom
1: yeah, likewise
0: hell yeah thank you so much tom when you hear this three years from now, when you, once you've caught up. All right. Next one. Jay is from Chase. The Night Cleaner.
1: Oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Hello, gentlemen. Chase Night Cleaner coming at you with a better than late... Uh, excuse me better late than never email i'm so happy robert has grown into jrpgs it took some real work jay but you did it yes i did uh, just watch <laughs> out you might start really liking kojima games yeah not after what what all the shit i read about death stranding and what he said about it i will not <laughs> uh that said time is short thus so is this email which brings me to the question of the day what is one cartoon you enjoyed as a child that did not age well at all um i just watched what did we watch today oh no no it actually aged really well never mind uh what is a
0: cartoon oh, that's a good question
1: we watched rocket power recently which rocket is a nickelodeon power. show that grew- yeah it was a nickelodeon show that it was not as good as i remember it there are certain ones that are just always good like we watched spongebob a million times that is still really good we watched fairly odd parents which was still really good jimmy neutron was pretty good the odd or rocket power was just really kind of it was kind of boring in all i don't even this, know that. what that is yeah it's Nickelodeon show is very big in sure, the 90s, yeah.
0: early 2000s. Um, I'm trying to like think of the cartoons that I used to watch when I was little, and I can't think of any that I don't feel uh, hold up very well, but I also can't think of a ton. So the ones I can think of are Ninja Turtles and DuckTales and The Simpsons. And I don't think that I have anything... Bad to say about any of those. You didn't
1: watch G.I. Joe, Gargoyle. I watched a little bit
0: of G.I. Joe. He-Man. I don't know if I can say whether I feel like that whole up. Ninja Turtles. I did watch some He-Man. I just said Ninja Turtles. Those are rough. Those Uh, are rough. Okay. I believe that, yeah. I. You know, I haven't watched any of the old. I haven't rewatched any of the old Ninja Turtles in a while. I kind of feel like they would be about what I would expect. Not great, but still enjoyable enough. Now, I did watch. A lot of He-Man. That's a good one. I bet that one, I bet if I were to watch that one now, I'd be like, okay. This yeah.
1: Is dumb. I, I thought you were going to say the opposite there. Yeah. I, I have watched some of those. Those, you can totally feel that they were just trying to sell products.
0: Okay. Yeah. I believe it. not they like
1: they're sitting there like advertising for it, but it's right. just like so I understand. low quality, just enough to keep you, keep you there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, that one wouldn't surprise me if it didn't hold up very well, if I were to go back to it. <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to think of any other cartoons. That's that's I, those are really the the main ones. I oh you know what um, Beavis and ButtHead I bet doesn't hold up very well.
1: Um, I don't know. I was I was really young for Beavis and ButtHead when it was big, so I never really got into it as much as a lot of people did. So I'd be kind of curious. Gotcha. Myself.
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I did anyways. because t- I did not care. I mean, uh,
1: uh chase says i've got disney plus and started going back to some of those old after school 90s disney cartoons and i've got to say darkwing duck did not hold up as well as i remember (laughs) yeah that doesn't surprise me i imagine the humor is really really dry and kind of childish obviously uh chase says gargoyles did though that actually surprises me i've heard a Um, lot of
0: things about that show and i still haven't watched it
1: I watched it a bunch as a kid, but I, I just imagined that the... I remember it was kind of dark for a kid's show and just be on Disney. I remember there were some darker elements to it, so that's interesting.
0: You know what I bet does hold up well? Uh <laughs> Red and Stimpy. Did you ever watch that?
1: Yeah, I wasn't a big fan as a kid. I was kind of grossed out by it as a kid. I was really young for I that. I kind
0: of was too, but I still thought it was super funny. I bet that...
1: God, that high detail close-up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I bet At that actually yeah, holds a up okay.
1: <laughs> they make me yeah. laugh when they do it in Spongebob. Ren and Stimpy was just like over the line for me. Yeah. Um, He says, wow, uh, regarding Gargles, he says, wow, that show has legs and incredibly over-the-top emo monster dialogue even before emo was a thing. <laughs> and this is what I had time for today. Thanks. Uh, as always, for what you do and for this wonderful little slice of your never, your ever-expanding episodes, both in length and girth. <laughs> Giggity. Cheers and talk again, Chase the Night.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Chase. And yeah, thank you, as always. All right. Next up is from Sven.
1: Oh, yeah. Who's getting hate- hatred- hated on this timer?
0: <laughs> his, one his, of us is getting blamed. Yeah, one of us is definitely going to get hated on. Uh, his, both, probably. his subject line is a sense of pride and accomplishment. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> Is that meme from this year, or was that last year when when EA said that? Do you remember when did I think that was Ooh, last year?
1: I think that was last year. Anyway, that was, that was nice one year, of the
0: yeah. that was the best meme of of that year, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Robin Jay. whoops. i I don't want to say I am happy that Jay's throat acted up, but I can't deny the fact that I'm glad that that leaves me the chance to write you this email you rec- before you record the next podcast. And I'm sort of obliged to do that. Almost, as you picked one of my numerous suggestions for this episode's top 10, I'll get in my top three. Couldn't think of more a bit later, but let me say right away that I really appreciate that. But let of me course. start, yeah, let me start with telling you that in my opinion, the latest episode was one of the best ones you produced so far. Yes. Oh, sweet. Thanks. You know, we, we actually talked about that and we both yeah. really had a fun time with the guys from Indie Incursion. Uh,
1: yeah, usually Robert and I will talk for a few minutes after every podcast and we'll say like, hey, I think that went really well or that was like a, a really smooth episode. But that was one of the ones that we both felt really good about afterwards. The synergy just felt so natural. Like the second those guys joined our Discord and we started chatting, I was like, this is going to go well. Like it was just yeah. so smooth. There wasn't like an awkward phase. We were just nailing
0: it all the way through. So yeah, I didn't hear
1: you guys received it.
0: I'm glad to. Yeah. Sven <laughs> says, yes. In fact, I'm eligible to say that as I've looped listening to all your episodes once already and have reached episode 69 for the Holy second crap. time. Holy shit. And also giggity. Stop chuckling. <laughs> so the last episode was so well produced. Absolutely funny. And the two guys from Indian Cursion. That's how they said it. So that's how I write Ooh, it. Oh, now I want to curry. <laughs> that I can't recall the names of were a worthy addition. The story about Bethesda's most recent fuck up with Fallout first was oh, absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Such things always make me laugh so hard hearing about a company's shenanigans and your reaction to it. Actually, that could also be a top five, a good top five topic. Top five video game companies (laughs) fuck ups. However one defines a a fuck up, that's up to you. Uh, I just want, I think that would be an awesome one, but I would not be able to come up with anything for classic stuff. True. Uh, I just wanted to share an experience with you I just had the other day and would really love to hear if you've experienced something similar. It is not classic gaming related, but I hope this won't keep you from reading my email. Well, nothing ever does. So here we go. I'm talking about a profound and thorough feeling of pride and accomplishment. <laughs> yes, we know where this quotation comes from, but in this case, it is true. This feeling came from finishing from software's newest gem, Sekiro shadows die twice, or to me, or to be more precise to beat its final boss, Ishin the sword Saint. reaching him took me about 50 hours Beating him took me an additional 12 to 14 hours. I didn't want to use any guides or video tutorials on how to beat him. So it was all trial and error and error and error over and over again. I love doing stuff like that. Do you?
1: Yeah, 100%. It's so fun when you finally, like you talk about it, it's it's like the pride of the accomplishment. It's always really fun to, to complete difficult tasks like that. Yeah. I like a challenge. I, I don't always want to play a game for a challenge, but when there's a, a challenge that I enjoy and like there's puzzle elements or it's difficult, I love just spending time to, to figure my way through it or strategize my
0: way through it. I don't have a whole lot of examples of games that I've played that were super hard where I beat it and, and did feel this like sense of accomplishment, but... I do have actually one, just one comes to mind, but I'll, I'll, I'll finish his paragraph first. Okay. Um, Ishan is without a doubt the hardest boss I ever encountered in a video game. And wow. I was so very close to smashing my monitor with my joypad hundreds of times. But when I finally beat him in the middle of the night with just half a pixel of health left, I truly felt on top of the world. I was on cloud nine, totally exhilarated. It was unbelievable. And once again, I realized like many times before that this feeling can only be delivered by difficult, very difficult, but never unfair games. I can't really understand people that whine about Sekiro, Dark Souls, or similar games being too hard and crying for an easy mode. That's what they're for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like for me, I don't like Dark Souls. I don't. I don't really care for dark souls and it's not even really because it's hard. It's just because like, I don't get it. I can't really get into the aesthetic for the most part, but I do also get a little bit turned off by its difficulty, but I realize that that's just what that game is. And if it was made easy, that would defeat the whole purpose of the game. Yeah. I, 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 I'm with you. In other words, Sven, like there's no Mm -hmm. sense for like these games are this way for a reason. It would defeat the whole purpose, you know, if they had an easy mood. What good does that do? What does one get from beating an easy game? What point is there in in accomplishing something everyone and their mother could also do? Well, I mean, that's a different thing. There are plenty of easy games that I think offer a good experience that are... Sure. Amazing
1: story. Exactly. Or just... I understand.
0: Yeah. Um, That doesn't apply to these, but I think that that easy games definitely do have a place. Um, Jay, what's your... Gaming sense of pride and accomplishment.
1: You're asking me, or is it you, was that new? I'm asking you? Um, in, ter- in terms of like, what am I most proud of doing?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I really like doing playing brutal through all the StarCraft two games. I really enjoyed doing this. Some of those levels are freaking oh, challenging wow. and That's really good. frustrating. You're- Yeah, playing Brutal through those was very fun because it was like, you know, I was progressing through StarCraft. I was getting better and better and better. But like Brutal was still challenging for me even when I was pretty high ranked in StarCraft. And when I started just like smashing through Brutal, especially Wings of Liberty because I think it was like ridiculously hard. um, It was really fun. The next time they released the first expansion for it, it was just easy. Like my macro and micro (laughs) ability. were way way better than they'd ever been so like playing through the campaign was just a seamless experience and it was great because i'm watching streamers and other and my friends struggle their way through it and i'm just like yep just slapping through it without, without really a really big issue so
0: what about do you have anything wow related
1: um yeah i mean there's a bunch of different stuff i didn't wow i've been a part of uh, some some really serious rating guilds i've gotten Gladi- gladiator is is a title in pvp that's reserved for people who are like the point zero five percent of the bracket so you have to be like the top like 20 or 50 teams of your of your battleground to do it um and in particular i played in enhancement shaman early on which in like the first you four or five seasons of of wow were considered to be like the red stepchild class like nobody played it Hmm. and i was the highest rated enhancement shaman in in my battle group um i went on to like uh qualify to play in a tournament a few times because it was just like we were that good at our comp and our comp was so unique that people didn't know how to play around it (laughs) that's cool Um, it was very fun and i love i love being a part of something like that where it's you're not the best at a specific comp that everybody else is playing there were like three comps that were really popular it was priest mage rogue uh warrior lock druid and then there was warrior rogue uh excuse me rogue lock druid like the three main comps um and pmr or priest mage rogue was like the most popular comp everybody played it and uh we just smashed it it was ridiculous like we would absolutely destroy it every time because we knew what we were doing and nobody else really had an idea what we were going to do to them so when they would fight us they would always try to do this one strategy which involved killing me which i was like really really hard to kill so we just it was just very fun to you know it's kind of like when people talk about playing chess and you have multiple moves ahead we'd go into games like with multiple moves planned out because we had played against their comp, <laughs> got to catch people by surprise
0: so that's cool Those are fun. Yeah. the only one that i really have is rogue legacy um pretty tough game but uh, if you're not familiar with it it's a like a semi it's not really roguelike but it does have roguelike elements um it's a it's a like an action platformer mm-hmm. and uh, i 100% of that game which involves beating some really tough bosses It's not like like this boss that he's talking about where it yeah. took him 14 hours just on this one boss but um uh like it's like th- like there are hidden bosses that are really pretty tough that took me you know maybe like a couple hours of trying sure, uh, in order to beat them and once I uh like beat all those bosses and then like I 100% of the game and got you know all every upgrade that you can get and all that kind of stuff I did feel like damn I really did kind of like I, I it's, it's something that I do consider kind of like an impressive thing to have done um particularly with those bosses but uh that's really the only one that i that 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 i can think of that comes to me uh so okay so Savin says um i'd really like to hear your opinion on that blah blah blah. so now here's my top three games i would love to hate but actually don't number three mario party what can i say this is clearly a game for people that normally don't play a lot of video games for children or imbeciles (laughs) Overly simple Uh, mini games, cutesy, sugary graphics, annoying Nintendo characters. Honestly, who can stand this stupid Mario guy? But even though all of this is my honest opinion, there's no doubt it is a lot of fun to play. This damn fucking game with a couple of friends, preferably being three sheets to the wind. Number two, Diablo 2. Yep. I remember when this game came out, everyone, everyone was playing it and followed the hype. I, for my part, couldn't understand what was supposed to be so great about a stupid and utterly simple game mechanic. Click on a monster to hit, click on the ground to walk there. That's it. Yeah, this is, this is my exact thought on Diablo 1. Mm-hmm. So naturally, I kept ranting and ridiculing everyone who played Diablo 2 until a friend came over and brought his copy with him. I reluctantly installed it, played it a bit, played some more, and couldn't stop. It was highly addictive, possibly precisely because it was such a simple game mechanic without the game being unchallenging. And number one, Dead or Alive Extreme Venus Vacation. (laughs) Mm. I am not familiar with this game. I'm going to have to look this up. Uh, Yeah, well, what can I say? (laughs) What can I say? Hey, don't judge me. What can I say? I would really like to be a pious, honorable, morally untainted person and say that I condemn this game along with all similar ones and despise the chauvinistic and blatant display of young female bodies that is the only purpose of this game, but I am not. And whoever says he is, is a hypocrite and a liar and possibly (laughs) female. So that's it. Uh, So I guess that's it for today. Hanukkah is waiting. Keep up the amazing work and bring back Blake. Sven. Uh, I don't know about that, but I will give uh, Ditter Live Extreme Venus Vacation. This is free! Oh, that's funny. Alright, install. Uh, next episode, I'll have my thoughts on uh, Ditter Live Venus Vacation.
1: So <laughs>
0: uh so funny. Jay, you want to play it also? Probably not. This came out. I I have not heard of this somehow. This came out uh, in 2017. Hmm. It looks like basically kind of a a extreme beach volleyball Mm -hmm. thing, except like minus the volleyball and just everything else. (laughs) Holy shit! Uh. You gotta look at this fucking screenshot. This is this is from um (laughs) the Steam like gallery. See it. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> this is up. This
1: is your kind of game.
0: This is my game. This is my kind of game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll I'll be back with my thoughts on this one. Holy shit! This is amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay. By the way, I was thinking about playing Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball soon because I never actually played that game, but I always wanted to see just how ridiculous it is. <laughs> I mean because they made so many, so somebody's buying it. <laughs> all you know right. what I mean? Oh yeah, people are buying it a hundred percent. This one screenshot is hilarious. Okay. Um it's just literally a girl it's one of the dead or alive girls literally just bending over so that you can look up her skirt. That's actually all that the screenshot is. Yep. On Steam.
1: <sighs> okay. You'd like Mr. Mr. Mosquito, it's been. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, next email. Um, this is uh, this is another one from Sven, so I'll, I'll this looks like a follow-up from him, so I'll read this one okay. and then you can do the next one. He says, yeah. hi Robin Jay, in- an interesting question just crossed my mind. So in the hope of this mail still being in time for the next episode, I'll just knock it out. If you could only play one single game for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, maybe you could even, gonna... in- go ahead. Oh. No, go ahead. He says, maybe you could even answer this for classic games as well as with modern games included. This is, I think, not as simple of a question as one might think at first. The question is, if it would be wise to just choose one's favorite game of all time. After all, you cannot play anything else. So the game one chooses have to have a great replay value and enough variety to keep you interested. So he's saying, not necessarily just your favorite game ever but one that you think you could play for a very very long time yep. and still get some enjoyment out of it um thoughts um for me
1: i, I want to take mmos away from this because i think that's the obvious easy answer at least I think for so. me especially um, if I think you count expansions point. yeah that's true i mean it's like yeah it's just such an unfair thing in my opinion so i'm trying to think what is what's a good answer here
0: the first one that comes to mind for me is Europa Universalis Four.
1: yeah, that's a, those kind of games are really, really fun, really fun. fun
0: tons about. of replayability yeah. um, you know there's a lot of randomness that can happen any given yeah. playthrough is different. and even on top of that, there are you can play at for you can play as any nation so and and a lot of them have very different mechanics from others. so like that adds a whole lot of replayability. One given playthrough is like, I'm not sure. I've never timed it, but it feels like around the 40-hour mark. Wow. So you you can play this a ton and still be doing new stuff, you know, generally speaking. Um,
1: Yeah, I feel like that's the right type of answer. A game that, that has a lot of, like, almost like a roguelike, right? Where it's like the, the, play, the playthrough is going to have some unique elements to it. Yeah. I don't know. That's really tough for me.
0: If, if, think not, that. if not that, maybe like a strategy game.
1: Yeah. I thought about a strategy game as well. Um, especially in strategy games can have some good variants in their playthrough.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's a really tough one. Sven says for classic games, civilization 4. this. Yeah, I can see that this game has great yeah. depth and variety. It is challenging, challenging enough on higher difficulties. The AI is actually quite advanced to keep you interested and, though, and through the random map generator, each game is a new challenge along with different enemies. All it, that together with the possibility to create your own mods as well as a working multiplayer option. Uh, this makes for a perfect choice. He says, for all games, so not just classic games, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. It was a close call between this and Witcher 3. But again, the replay value for an RPG like Witcher 3 is not exactly great. After all, the story is basically the same on each new playthrough. No, you need a game that offers constant challenge, constant motivation, and as I said before, variety. All that, CSGO delivers. There are enough maps to keep you interested, offering new challenges and requiring you to adapt to them, changing your strategy and playstyle. What's more, the map cycles in all the different game modes are constantly updated and changed, so there's always a new map or a beloved old one around the corner. Okay, maybe it is a bit of a cop-out to choose a multiplayer game, But as it it was my own question, I can do whatever I want with it. I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong at all. Uh, I really would like to hear your answers to this. For Jay, there are clearly some obvious choices. Scroll down Mm -hmm. after you have made your choice to see my prediction. But for Rob, I have absolutely no idea. After all, point-and-click adventures are probably the worst type of games one could choose here. So, his predictions. Do you have any more to... Uh, Yeah, I... I do agree that I don't think generally speaking, they don't have a lot of replayability. Um, um, I
1: think the predictable answer is wow I mean, there's without question.
0: Yeah. He wrote for modern games for you world of Warcraft and classic final fantasy tactics.
1: Yeah. Tactics is one that can play a decent amount.
0: That, I think that's a good sure. one too. Another, yeah. another good modern one, uh, kind of a different way is, is FTL.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Just because it's so hard. Even if you beat it, then it's like there's still fun of trying just to beat it yeah. again just because it's challenging. It's kind of like – get
1: better, right?
0: It's kind of like uh, – I mean, in a very, very weird way, sort of like solitaire where it's like just beating the game once, you know, the whole purpose is not just to beat it once and be like, I did yeah. it. It's like anytime you beat the game, it's kind of uh, – that's its own achievement. So that, that, that could work.
1: I got really into solitaire for a minute like <laughs> did years you? ago. Yeah, no joke. I was playing like fifteen, twenty hands a day. Like I was playing a lot and just trying to figure <laughs> out how to win. Like I was trying to figure out the best it's same thing with battleship. Like, I got really to crack like battleship code. for a while. Battle yeah, ship. just trying to figure out the beat to be like really good to a point where you could win consistently, figuring out like a basic strategy. Battleship was really easy. Once once you figure out like there's like a pretty simple strategy that people utilize, and my God, it's just like if you're playing against somebody who's not using it, you just win. Oh, okay. Generally, like more often than not. So I can understand that.
0: All right, Uh, next one. Thank you again, Sven. All right, Jay, we're on to Father Beast.
1: Aw, yeah.
0: This one's all you.
1: All right, Father Father Beast says, Hello, classic gamers. This is Father Beast. I'm pretty sure I'm late again, but I'm writing anyway. The category of games I want to hate but enjoy playing anyway is fairly short. Generally, if I enjoy a game, then then I want to like it. Nevertheless, I've come up with a few games that sort of fit this category. Top games that I want to hate, but enjoy anyway. Number three, Lego Star Wars. That's a good one. This game is really dumb, and it's based on a prequel, the, the prequel trilogy, which isn't that great. But there is something indefinably, inde- uh, inde- indefinably? Uh, indefinably. Indefinably cool about playing this. And I laugh out loud in a number of parts, too. Like where they blow up the Jedi ship at the beginning, and the ship vaporizes around the pilot and co-pilot, and they just sit there in the air and look at each other for uh, for a moment before falling. That's like an old-school cartoon, <laughs> Um, it, it looks stupid, and describing it, it sounds stupid, but it's it's fun, funny, and has this R of coolness I can't define. Number two, Duke Nukem 3D. I'm not a shooter fan, and the fa- and in fact, I'm often heard saying a shooter is just a shooter unless it's a Jedi Knight. But this is one of the just uh, excuse me. But this one just drags me in against my will. The exploration is is just so very fun, and it has all these little moments spread out spread throughout it like when you go to the bathroom and open up one of the stalls and see an alien sitting on the toilet or you can go in the arcade in the movie theater and there's an arcade version of duke nukem 2 but when you try to use the game duke says i don't have time to play with myself these two moments these two moments are both in the first level which is most of what i've played certainly would have played further but it's a shooter and i can't get past the firefighters uh, the firefights later on even on easy oh and let's not forget how duke duke Uh, Duke's ultra machoism and misogyny are off-putting in an extreme. But despite these things, I can still go back and play it just a bit now and then. Number one, Clicker Heroes. Some years ago, I was introduced to Cookie Clicker and went down the rabbit hole. If you don't know what these stupid clicking games, uh, they are just basically games where you click and click over and over and watch the numbers go up. It sounds stupid, and it is stupid, but there's an addiction to be dealt with here. I have a subfolder in my bookmark list labeled Stupid Clicking Games. I have played Cookie Clicker, Clicking Bad, Idle Mine, Idle Farmer, Candy Box 2, Civ Clicker, Derivative Clicker, Second Derivative Clicker, (laughs) Galaxia, Space Pan, and Universal Paperclips. But the king is Clicker Heroes. It has a bunch of standard progression in the game, and you just can reset to start over with a bunch of advantages and go further. A big reset, which... Adds a whole set of meta advantages. Oh man, this is that that stockbroker game. What's it called? Um, American Capitalist, I think it's, it's called. This is like that in a nutshell. Those uh, games are so addicting.
0: I haven't. I don't know what that is, but it doesn't okay. Just don't stay with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all
1: kinds of crazy. Father Beast goes on to say, "It was short, sort of a miracle that got me out of all this, and I haven't looked back for at least a year. But man, it was addicting while it lasted." Okay, on to the other subjects, Robert. You didn't like Star Control 2. What the goats? Okay, I'm just going to ask a couple of questions which may have helped you enjoy it. Which may have helped you enjoy it. Did you use
0: the Cyborg option? I don't know what that is, so I guess not.
1: Okay. Father B says, I personally find the ship combat to be extremely difficult and I would find the game virtually unplayable if I didn't turn Cyborg on, which has the game auto-play the ship battles.
0: Oh, geez. That would have been been super helpful um, for sure. But also... I was under the impression that I was losing basically every battle so bad because they uh because my ship just wasn't upgraded enough. Um yes, the battle is the battles are still are like very fast paced, like unrealistically fast paced. As just as like as far as the AI being able to do so much more so much quicker than you can. But I still felt that it still also had something to just to do with my ship being weak. So um so that's just what I assumed. But apparently that's not the case and I needed to turn on uh, the cyborg option however you do that.
1: Um, she goes on to say, did you try the Urquan Masters?
0: Uh, I believe... Okay, I was playing the one from Gog. Let me look up real quick. I think I was playing the Urquan Masters version. What, whichever, one's, uh, whichever one Gog has is the one... Uh, that I played star control. So it's a, it's a, like a package that has star control one and two, maybe, maybe not actually, maybe I was just playing. So I believe Urquan masters is like the more updated one. Um, I just played regular star control two, I, I believe.
2: Okay.
1: I'm uh, sorry. It's, Be- not, it's not.
0: Sorry, it's not updated in the sense that like it's new. It was updated like a year later, I think, after the original came oh, okay. out.
1: Okay. Uh, Father Beast goes on to say, "I'm thinking you probably played the original Star Control 2 available on God. Uh, yep. But the Urquon Masters is the fan remake made from the source code of the 3DO version, and it has some quality of life upgrades in addition to the fun voice acting." Okay. Father Beast says, "Okay, that's all for that." The Commodore 64 game this time is Below the Root. This is a game made by Windham Classics, which made a few other games based on book properties such as Alice in Wonderland, which I also played. Below the Root is an adventure game in the world of Green Sky, which has three humo- humongous trees which have towns built in the branches. You can climb up and down the vines and ladders, enter buildings, and talk to people in the travel, in your travels. Also, you can glide from tree to tree with a gliding cloak called the Shuba. Uh, you can put pull down and hit the joystick... To a button to access the menu to do a number of things like check your inventory pick up items and talk to people the quest is is eventually to find the lost spiritual leader of the world along the way you can progress by meeting a number of holy persons found in various hard to reach places and then expand your spirit power oh yes there's a magic system and at the lowest level you can pence people which means read their emotions this can give you a warning if you pence someone coming along the branch and the emotion is hostility you might kidnap or they might kidnap you if you come in contact with them huh. you start out in your own house or own home and there are a number of things sitting in your home for you to pick up a shuba some tokens for money some food people offer you people will often offer you something just because you are a quester if you talk to uh, if you walk into someone's house and they have a bunch of items in their house chances are they will offer one to you if someone offers you a place to rest they might have an ulterior motive um, if you if you pen someone who offers you rest emotion is greed they might rob you while you sleep everything is very is so very polite in many rpgs you can rob people and kill on your way to saving the world there is none of that here if you try to pick up something in someone's house the game will say that nobody has offered it to you you can only take something if it is offered the most extreme example was when i got kidnapped uh and was in a house bordered by thorns outside and i couldn't leave there was nobody in the house so i figured that they couldn't get upset for me Uh, with me for sleeping since i was kidnapped to this place i went went to the bed and chose the rest command the game responded that nobody has offered uh me a nid or a bed uh some so sometimes you will run across a house that has a bunch of stuff but nobody home these are all these are uh, the starting places for their their characters and you could choose when starting the game and no you can't take any of their stuff either the game is very relaxing to play. You you need to jump and glide with some precision in some places, but if you fail, you can always climb back up and try again. There is no death. If you fall in the water or something, you are transported back to your home and a day has passed. You can even choose this reset from the menu if you get stuck somewhere. All in, I find it enjoyable. Excuse me, all in all, I find it enjoyable. Uh, this is one of the games I bought when a, uh, when a Commodore 64 was my main computer, and I still have the original box along with the manual and a fold-out map along with the notes I made for, uh, on the map back then. The graphics are primitive, and my the and the sounds are mostly limited to dings and beeps and the fluttering sound of your Shuba. My biggest problem comes from uh, loading a saved game. If I load a saved game, all the words on the menu are garbled, uh, or garbage, excuse me, uh, as if it failed to load font properly, which means I pretty much have to play through the game in one sitting if I want to finish it. Yeah. I might, As this, uh, I might, as this is pretty cool. Well, goodbye until next time. I'm playing Rogue, our game of the quarter. So I'll have, I will report uh, on it when the next one comes. Still listening, Father Beast.
0: Cool. Uh, By the way, uh, DOA Extreme Venus Vacation is region locked. What does that mean? It means you can't play it unless you live in, uh, I think it's region locked just to Japan. So, wow. Uh, unless you have a VPN or something, which I which I don't currently. Uh that's gonna be a no go for me, unfortunately. I won't that's be able fine. to give you guys the update. Alright. Uh last last email is from Ryan. He says, uh Hello Classic Gaming Podcast. I hope that my email oh this is Ryan. This is our uh uh the, the Final Fantasy One speedrunner, Ryan.
1: Oh, yeah yeah.
0: I hope that my email will help you both stop getting ill, so you can record. I apologize right. for the discomfort and suffering you have had to endure due to la- Due to my lack of time management skills, I will repent and try to do better. Thanks, Ryan. Robert did remember correctly that I play a lot of Final Fantasy One. The version I play is the PSP version. Okay, which is oh, broken okay. in different ways than the NES version. Okay, I didn't know. Th- I didn't know that he played the PSP version, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're. I'm sure the ways that they are broken are very different. In the PSP, the agility and intelligence scores actually do something which make the thief and mages not so useless. If you pick up a flame sword, it will actually have the elemental attack linked to it. Uh, I actually was at a live speedrun held last month at Dreamhack Atlanta. Oh, wow. Wow. Where I presented Final Fantasy 1 on PSP. Uh, I had the 15 number sliding puzzle as a donation incentive and they conned me into attempting it twice. I, of course, after practicing for 10 hours, failed both times to complete it in under a minute. Okay. Jay, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I never got the, I never did the sliding puzzle, but apparently, so after, um, our episode, I went back and listened to when it was either you or I forgot it was either you or Blake that played it a very long time ago, like the first year of the podcast, I want to say. Okay. Uh, And we were talking about it. I think it was you that played it. Yeah, I believe so as well. And Blake said something along the lines of, did you do the um, sliding puzzle? And you didn't know what he was talking about. And he said that on the boat, when you're on the boat, if you press some button or some button combination, it takes you to like a sliding puzzle where you're, I believe the characters are sliding around like, you know, You know, like the little sliding puzzles that you got when you were little... um, To try to make a picture or something like that. And then if you do it, you get just like 100 gil. (laughs) What Um, the heck? So anyway, I believe that's what he's talking about. Okay. So anyway, in the PSP version, we use an item duplication slash equipping glitch. Essentially, the weapon table and armor table reuses values. So we trick the game into reading the code for one item and giving us another and equipping it to a slot or character that normally cannot use it. Within the first 30 seconds of a speedrun, I purchase one hammer, and using memory cursor, I can create knight's armor, iron armor in the NES version, and equip the armor to the glove's slot. (laughs) Holy shit. We abuse this glitch throughout the run to create items, allowing us to be very underleveled for areas, which is dangerous starting in Ice Cave, as our magical defense is very low since that stat is linked to character level. So AOE spells will wipe out a party. My fastest completion time for PSP for any percent is one hour and 32 minutes. Wow. <laughs> there are some glitches I have seen for the NES version. One cool one is being able to slide through the isthmus prior to blowing it up. They, they abuse a pixel frame rule that allows you to skip that entire fetch quest. Oh, wow. Mm. I do end up deploying with the military to the Middle East next... Oh, if I'm sorry. If I do end up deploying with the with the military to the Middle East next year, I will try to learn the NES version. Wow. Damn. Uh, I played about 30 minutes of Rogue last month when I was taking a break f- from preparing for DreamHack. If I can get the time in, I will try to stream playing Rogue this week and
1: cool. will write
0: another email detailing the amazing experience of having a 30 plus year old game punching me in the nuts repeatedly. (laughs) I've been playing a bunch of roguelikes since I joined a discord server that focuses on them. Uh, I'm in, I may be, I wonder if I'm in the same discord server, Ryan, send me what your discord name is. If you don't, if you don't mind and uh, we may be in the same one. Um, I've been playing a bunch of roguelikes since I joined a discord server that focuses on them. I was in a tournament playing goner. I don't know what that is. G lowercase. o capital N capital N capital E capital R. I don't know if that's an abbreviation for something or the name of the actual game. Um, in September and enjoyed it enough that during a steam sale, I picked up way more roguelikes than I needed, but that's (laughs) any steam sale. Let's be honest. I will probably be in the binding of Isaac tournament next month. Killer so playing the granddaddy rogue should be fun, punishing, and educational. Hope you are both feeling better. Look forward to the podcast. God bless, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Holy shit, Ryan. Yeah, and good luck, you know, if you do get deployed. Yeah, seriously. Um, hope everything goes well for that with that. But, um, yeah, thank you for the email. This is super interesting and cool stuff. And I want to reiterate, if you're getting into rogue uh, likes right now as I was telling Jay earlier, you you gotta play brogue. It's fucking amazing. Brogue.
1: He's saying brogue with a B, bro. Yeah,
0: brogue with a B. Uh, just do a search for it and I'll tell you. Um let me. Sorry. You need to do you need to search Brogue Game, otherwise otherwise you get like a shoe store or something like that. But if you search for Brogue game, it the first result is a Google Sites link and that's where you go to get it. Um but yeah, good luck with everything, and let us know. Let me know. Let me know. Email me or something about your uh, Discord name because I bet we're in the same Discord chat. And, whew, that's our last email. Nope. <laughs> Time for the current gaming subcast, Jay. Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm gonna pass.
0: <laughs> we're gonna no. Okay, we're gonna make this quick. I want to hear real, real fast. Tell me what. Tell me what the one that you said you wanted to tell to talk about. Um. Make fast.
1: All right. So, I think this, this is this you're referencing the RTS I was talking about? Is that what we're talking about?
0: You said, I don't know, before we started the episode, you said there's one you were telling me about a couple games you've been playing. And you said there's one more, but I want to save that. Oh man, I don't remember what it was now. Oh, <laughs> Luigi's Mansion, maybe? Oh, yeah, you didn't tell. Okay, that's probably yeah, yeah, so it, yeah. Yeah. So, about Luigi's oh, okay.
1: Mansion 3 for the Switch. Um, I've I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm most of the way through it. It's very similar to the first one. It just feels like a more updated one with some quality of life adjustments and some other things. It's a very fun experience so far. Um, I would say it's it's obviously very linear and not super difficult, uh, especially not as difficult, I would say, as the first one. But the quality of life adjustments have been pretty darn nice so far. And just the overall aesthetics and gameplay have, have, been, have been pretty rewarding. So um, if you like the first one, you'll like this one for sure.
0: Okay, shit. Nice. Um, all right, Jay. You know how I'm now the world's biggest uh, RPG fan.
1: JRPG fan, yeah.
0: Final Fantasy 14. Oh, you're playing the MMO. Yes. Wow, I'm very
1: surprised by that. <laughs> Me too. It's a very good game.
0: Yeah. Have you played it at all?
1: Yeah, I played a lot the first couple of years it came out. Really? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was rating and everything. It's a fun game. I hit max level and got my legendary weapon. Over what it was called.
0: Holy shit, that's awesome! I didn't know that. I didn't think you had played uh, any of this.
1: Oh yeah. I played a cleric or a healer, some kind like a priest.
0: Okay, uh, that sounds like um, like the base class that that starts off is thaumaturge, and then you can probably get subclasses. Like you basically get yeah, jobs. I think I was a subclass. Yeah, yeah. you get jobs later, and you kind of it's like basically a specialization. Uh, and
1: you can, can mix and match and stuff. There's some really oh, fun you? things you can do. Yeah, because you at least when I played, you could take like one or two abilities from your your subclasses. Um, and like mix it into it to add some unique elements to the classes. At least that's how it was. That's what I really liked about that game. I love being a healer with some DPS mechanics or tanky mechanics or what have you. Like whatever
0: sounds interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know about that. I mean, I don't know if they still have that or not. The way it works for for my for where I am in the game in the game, and it could very well be the same thing because one thing the game does a really good job of is like continually opening up more things to do as you play like forever basically like yeah yeah. i'm still opening up i'm still like unlocking more mechanics and more like things that you can do in game and it's i'm i'm pretty far into like i'm level 33 uh, and 50 is the max before expansions (laughs) uh i've probably played about 30 hours i want to say uh so you know for an MMO, that's not maybe not much, but I've put a decent amount of time into the game, and it's still unlocking new things to do, like continually almost. But uh, for me, so I'm a Arcanist, which is basically the Summoner class, and I just got to where you can actually take on the Summoner job, and the way you do that is you equip like one crystal in one slot, but it's in such a way where it's like, this is the crystal you use and you put it in this slot and there's not like a second thing I could do there. But I could see there being like, okay, but you can add other abilities from other classes maybe. I, I, could, I could see that happening. I just don't know if I, I just don't think that's something that I can do, at least not yet. <laughs> but uh, I'm surprised at how much fun I'm having with this game because a lot of the gameplay so far is just, is like fetch quests. Yep. Like or non, killers. yeah, non stop fetch quests or, or kill and fetch, you know, uh, a lot of delivery things and stuff like that. But there's also like so much to do outside of just the main story quest. So if you get tired of doing all that, you can do crafting or gathering, or you can do the, you can go to the gold saucer and do stuff there. Or what else you can like, you can buy your, you can like buy a house and have your own garden and stuff, which I have not done, but that's one thing you get a Chocobo at one point and you can do Chocobo races, which is actually a different thing from having your own Chocobo. Um, but you get your own Chocobo like to move around, like to get, you know, obviously for mobility, but you can also like feed it and level it up and it can help you in combat eventually. And what else? There's just like tons of stuff to do in the game. Uh, it really does a good job of just giving you a variety of stuff that you can do. And I'll, one cool thing is, so, you know, I haven't played much. Wow. But I was interested in the, for the people who play final fantasy 14, instead of, wow, I wanted to see what like they like about this game better than well.
2: WoW.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just kind of curious, not that this is a better game, but just for the people who like it more, who've played both, what do you like about this one more? And the, the number one thing that I saw was that, um, there is less. Well, there, there are two main things. One is it said there was less grinding, and also that there you can have you can level up any number of classes on one character. That was the biggest thing that a lot of people said. Hmm. Um, whereas apparently in WoW, you get you know you you get your class yes, and you got to stick with character. it. In Final Fantasy XIV, you can equip whatever class you want to. At any time on the same character and level it up um, separately, so that's pretty cool. Um, I find that it's it's seen as far at least as far as I've gotten, and I'm like I said, I'm still unlocking stuff. It doesn't sound like it has the same level of PvP as WoW does. Like you tell you, you that doesn't surprise me. Okay, because you've talked about like all this cool stuff you can do PvP wise and WoW, mm-hmm. how you can just like screw people up and just like ruin their day, basically, you know, and do all this Jeez. crazy stuff. I don't believe you could do anything like that in this game, unless, again, unless it's just in some end game stuff that I haven't gotten to. All the PvP stuff is all very prearranged. It's like, okay, you're you're going into battle, and you're like, just you're doing it just to fight these guys, and then once you're done, you're out of PvP arena, and that's it. It's all like very prearranged stuff, and not just like, oh, you can fuck with people, and that sounds really fun to be able to do that in WoW. Um, so far, you can't do that in Final Fantasy fourteen, um, but. Man, I'm still playing it, and I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I just bought the expansion. Holy Uh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see. One really... I'll I'll wrap this up, but one really cool thing that I would like to just note about the way they handle their expansions is... So obviously, when a new expansion comes out, you got to buy it if you want it. But if you... Like, are a new person playing the game? If if say you're like you're not caught up on the expansion. Say you don't have any. When it, like whatever the new expansion, whatever the newest expansion is, all you only have to buy that one, and it gives you all the ones leading up to it for free. That's very smart. Yeah, that's really awesome. I think very like new player friendly. Um, so I just bought that, even though I'm not at the, you know not to the point where like basically any of that content content is open up to me yet um i went ahead and bought that because it was on sale i was like i'm having enough fun with it that i think i'm gonna keep on playing it enough to where i'll get to that stuff but uh yeah i am <laughs> i don't know what's going on but uh i'm i'm really having fun with it
1: that's crazy i'm glad you're enjoying it
0: yeah and that's it oh there was also uh they they nerfed asses for this one particular <laughs> uh like costume that you could get really yeah and they made the asses smaller and people complained enough that they went back and made him put him back how they were.
1: <laughs> that is so funny. It's so sad, but that's so funny. Yeah.
0: All right, Jay, that's the end of episode 138 of the classic gaming podcast. We, we did it, fucking did it somehow. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Jay, anything you want to add before we wrap up this behemoth?
1: No, oh, thank you for another wonderful year. It's been a lot of fun. We've been doing this for five plus years. So it's been a very enjoyable year.
0: Yeah, it really has. This this is this was a really fun year. Um, we'll we'll see. I think next year will be super interesting because I plan on playing a lot more RPGs, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see how that goes. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and um, we will be back uh, sometime around the beginning of next year. Yeah, 2020. This is our last episode of this year, so we'll be back. You know, in like four. Five-ish weeks. Who knows? Sometime around the beginning of January, I guess.
1: As long as we don't get sick.
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. Don't say that. As long as we don't get sick. Leave us amazing reviews on iTunes. Tell all your friends to listen to us. Email us. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com Our next top five is going to be our uh, our typical, not necessarily New Year's gaming resolutions, but games that we plan to play in the new year. So uh, that's not really one that, is too relevant to listeners but go ahead and if you want to send us anything related to that feel free to do so and as always send us your thoughts on whatever you want we'll be uh, deciding on a new game of the quarter on the next episode as well uh, follow us on twitter at class games Cast. follow me i'm at king octavius check out other podcasts on the hp video game podcast network and as i said we'll be back in the beginning of january thank you again to our to all of our listeners for as Jay said another fantastic year. And Jay, thank you oh, yeah. to you also for uh for another fantastic year. Likewise. All right, we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Bye bye.